last Saturday evening on Talk Brunch. Friend blink. So you all messaged me, and I guess while I was playing this last game, I guess Brody Lee died. I don't know any more information than that. I guess we're going to find out what the hell's going on here. I just can't. I was just thinking it would be nice to have a freaking Monday that's normal. Like, you can't even end fucking 2020 without something being shit, can you? Let's see what the fuck is going on. Do you guys in the chat, anyone have more information? What was happening? Fastest I've ever had to do research in my life. Forbes to see what they got. The All Elite Wrestling family is heartbroken. In an industry filled with good people, John Huber was exceptionally respected and beloved in every way, a fierce and cap- captivating talent, a thorough mentor, and simply a very kind soul that starkly contradicted his persona as Brody Lee. He had a lung issue, yeah, you're right, according to uh, his wife on Instagram. My best friend died today. I never wanted to write out those words, was what the tweet wrote. My heart is broken. Wow, that is really, really crazy. I'm speechless. Wow.
Yeah, I'm reading the uh the rest of her Instagram tweet here. So she says, my heart is broken. The world saw him as the amazing Brody Lee, FK, formerly known as Luke Harper, but he was my best friend, my husband, and greatest father you would ever meet. No words can express the love I feel or how broken I am right now. He passed surrounded by loved ones after a hard-fought battle with a non-COVID-related lung issue. The Mayo Clinic is literally the best team of doctors and nurses in the world who surrounded me with constant love. Yeah, probably why they were really quiet uh, on AEW as far as why he was absent from television. Yeah, that's uh, it's caught me off guard. You know, like, wow, 2020 really is the uh, the gift that keeps on giving, huh? It's been really a rough year, you know. Feels like we can't make a move or a single step or a single activity without just there being another really, really awful thing that happens. I'm right there with you guys. I sympathize with, with, with everyone who's dealing with it in their own way. But wow, can't even go through the last few days of the year without there just being something really awful. That way, uh... I don't know. I guess that way the last week of, of wrestling will essentially across the board for podcasters and bloggers and the shows themselves just be a funeral. Why not, right? I don't have any info. I don't have any fucking program in front of me. I feel like shit feels awful. Like, wow. That uh, I don't know. I'm gonna look around while I'm here. I mean, I was streaming, but it's like I couldn't even think when I heard that. We get some more information on what the lung issue was. I know people so much older than him that have lung issues that are that are still hanging in there. There's a longer version of that statement from his wife on WrestlingInc.com. I'm getting that now. You know what I need to do? We just, sorry about this. A little bit slow. Everything's choking a little bit because I wasn't in podcast mode, but we're going to just fix that. I just got to. Get a little memory back here while I'm browsing the web. Yeah, and it is crazy. Really young, man. You're right, Willie. Really young. Jesus. 
How long ago did this news break? I should have freed up a significant amount of memory there, so stop stalling on you guys. Sorry, I had a bunch of shit open because we were just in game mode or whatever. But yeah, I wonder how long ago this uh, story broke. That's the absolute longest. Slinging stuff here. If I knew that, I would have kept you on the air, so I'd be missed it by seconds. I was like, holy crap. As soon as I looked down, I was like, all these messages were coming in. In her follow-up statement, she's on top of that, I can't express my love and admiration for the way All Elite Wrestling has treated not only my husband, but myself and my kids and the rest of the team at AEW have helped keep me standing and pick up all the broken pieces. I've been surrounded by so much love and incredible people. I can't tag them all, but hey, they know who they are, and I don't think they will ever know how thankful I am for them. browse around see if there's any any other stuff i wonder how long they i don't even know what to ask at this point man That answers so many questions because everything went so quiet, right? Everything just went so quiet over there. It was just like, what is going on? Why this guy's not around anymore?
Ridiculous. Well, I'm going to look around and see if there's anything else on, like, nights about it. I'll do one quick look on, uh, because I don't want to keep you guys too long. I'll do one quick look. Uh, Khan released a statement, so we have that. Tony Khan said, I'm devastated by the loss of John Huber, known to fans as Mr. Birdie Lee, formerly Luke Harper. John was a great man. His family came first. His loving wife, Amanda, and their sons, Birdie and Nolan. He loved wrestling and was great at it. He loved you, fans. Please keep him in your hearts. And yeah, that's pretty much all of the information right now. Boy, what a week, huh? What a year. All right, well, I'm going to regroup here a little bit. Um, build the stream. I'll prob I'm probably coming back. No promises, but I was done with I was done for the time being anyway. Ricotta hadn't sighted on any other content yet. I'm gonna look at what the hell's going on. Drop a few texts and calls and I will get back to you guys. Thank you for sticking around for this. Talk brunch served hot. Talk brunch live. Rick Dara here, aka Captain Brunch. Thanks again for joining you, Mr. Dustin Soul Blue Frazier. 
Brody, this one's for you, buddy. This one's for you indeed. We're here one last time for 2020. I can't believe we made it. Hashtag we made it. 52 weeks of this. Where do you even begin, Destin? What do you say at this point? Um. <laughs> wow. I need to know. Uh, first of all, for the on demand, probably go for the live people on the Twitch. Uh, shout out to one of our old school crunches, Barney, for providing us with this beautiful artwork. Definitely a very fitting tribute to one of my favorite big man business. So. Yeah, what would you do without a good old, without a Marnie in your corner? I mean, everybody needs a Marnie. Yeah, they totally do. Oh boy, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was rough. And we are here, though. this one hurt. Yeah, we are here though. We have an entire news layout as well as we're going to pay tribute to the man himself and uh thank you to everyone who's been here the entire year as well as those of you that are live in the chat room and those of you that are listening across all of our wonderful platforms as well as where we started as just a podcast without all these beautiful visuals over at itunes stitcher tune in soundcloud iheart radio uh what else were we on podcast addict there's even yeah. more than that. Player FM. Thank Tune you for... in way back in the day. That was one of my favorites. Yeah, we're on all of those as well as uh, now live with video feed for our videos and images at twitch.tv slash talkbrunch as well as facebook.com slash talkbrunch and talkbrunch.com, of course, to keep up with all of our content. We will shout you guys out individually at the end of the show, provided you stick around. Wow. So, yeah, I had the unfortunate experience of being in our chat room when the news broke. Definitely uh, not an experience I would like to uh, relive, even though we just sort of did. But, yeah, definitely not one of my best moments. Like, it really, like, I felt like everything about this last weekend was a matter of de-stressing. Because at the end of the day... Uh, this, that was the last weekend of the year. Um, New Year's, New Year's is a uh, Friday, right? Yeah. So my whole thing was just get in the chams, you know, shoot people in games and de-stress a little bit. When that hit, it was like shocking, you know? And, uh, yes. it was just, it just kind of felt like it was like that on top of everything else. You know what I mean? It was just like this too. Exactly. Like fucking nuts. Like I remember, um, I had shot you the news in the middle of the stream because I remember, um, I actually got to go home to South Carolina for the first time in four years this year. So I was just like, yeah, finally got away for a little bit. I'm not working. I'm out of town. I got to see family. I haven't seen them forever. And then I look at this and I see this news and I'm like, are you shitting me? Yeah. Like, really? And, this too? <laughs> and we were just on here last week talking about how uh, it seemed, you know, like they were being really quiet about what was happening with him, you know? Yeah. So, well, again, just, wow, man. Kind of interesting, like how things started as one thing and it turned into something completely different yeah totally yeah and again i i wanted to keep that in the audio because it was my live reaction to everything that was going on and uh i just kind of felt like i should share that with everyone on the last episode just because we were here it doesn't happen very often it was just like i couldn't believe it and normally i read the news with you guys and you get my natural reaction to things and with this one it happened there so i said you know let me just turn on the, the feed and uh see what's happening and yeah it, it was it was rough it was definitely reading his wife's statement and everything this year everything that's been happening and, and what's happened to this guy uh such a great talent 
it's it's going to be one of those things. And I hate this about this business, but it's going to be one of those things that's always going to sting. I'm not going to be the guy who's going to come on here and tell you guys that it's not. It's never going to stop sucking. No, not at all. It's just another thing that sucks. And I'm, I hate to be a pessimistic guy on here, but, uh, I, I am to be fucking completely honest with you at this point. I am. And I get it that, you know, death is a natural part of life, all that other philosophical bullshit. But what they don't tell you about is that the natural part of life stops sucking. Because for me personally, it hasn't ever stopped sucking. So how can I think that it's going to? It didn't stop sucking for Eddie. Didn't stop sucking for Chris. Didn't stop sucking for Pillman. Not Owen. Nobody. Didn't stop sucking for Owen. Like to this day, I think about these fucking things and it haunts me. It's like, man, if Eddie was here, Chris was here. You know, I look at certain talent, young talent, older talent, certain meshes of people that we have, and I go, man, you know, if Owen was here. When the brands first split and we had that opportunity to have two titles, you know, I remember thinking, oh, man, if Owen was here. Now that SmackDown has its own title and Raw has its own title. No disrespect to Raw, but SmackDown becoming the brand that seemed to be willing to take chances on guys that were actual workers and not just muscle guys. Yeah, I just kind of felt that when I look at this legacy, and I've said on here before, when I looked at the legacy of SmackDown, and the people they let have that title, like Henry, Mark Henry, and Edge, and you know even Christian, I thought, you know what? Owen would have been a world champion. Oh, easily. Owen was overdue for a world he champion was, when there was only one show. He was gone before there were other places, before there was an AEW or even a TNA, before there was even a Ring of Honor. And I always think about Owen and all those things. I always think about Eddie during that. And that never stops sucking. It's not like, well, it's 2020. It's been forever. No, it's miserable. Because these are guys that died young. It's not like when you, when the older guys die. You know, no disrespect for the, to the older guys. But uh, you're not thinking about what, what, what it would be like to see Bruno San Martino versus Ricochet. You know what I mean? It's just two, de- two different generations. So you kind of get it in that cycle of life and death. But whenever somebody's gone like this, which has happened a few times in this business, thankfully not. It's only been a handful, really, when you look at the grand scheme of things. When something like this happens, it's, it's never going to stop sucking, you know? It's going to be like when they induct them into the Hall of Fame, which inevitably will happen with the Wyatts and everything, it'll be no different than the Von Erichs, where it's kind of like yeah. there's this veil of, of, of melancholy, this veil of sadness over the whole thing. Because they're you not know? here anymore. It's kind of like when you think of Kurt Cobain and everything. Yeah, it's great music, but there's like almost a sadness to it, right? Like when you say his name, it's impossible for it not to be a part of you that doesn't fucking feel bad. So I hate to be negative, but that's, this is just one of those things that I feel like it's always going to affect me in that way. Where like when I look at it, it's like it's, yeah, they're going to say look at things, the positive and everything. But like for me, it's just very negative. There's just another person that you're just going to miss. And no one's ever candid like that about these kind of things. You know, you just miss people when they're gone. And that's really all that there is to it, at least in my experience. You know, whether it's as a fan or a family member or a friend or or whatever it is, when people are gone, you just miss them, man. That, that whole thing of like it doesn't feel better. Maybe it gets better to manage. Yeah, you can you can tolerate it more, but it never gets better. Yeah, and uh, and it's and we honestly, when you're doing what we've been doing for all these years, you we're, you're almost on here, if not bi-monthly, monthly at minimum, having to talk about someone that's died. And I mean, that's just part of this. Again, and that's so that's why sometimes we give certain things more attention, like with, in the case of Brody Lee than others. And this one it hits really close, man. I mean, the guy was just so young, you know. It's harder when you're seeing someone as regular as we were with this guy. And knowing how young he was, like it's, it's we, we hadn't rough. seen him not that long ago. 
Yeah, and he was fine. Like, was this year has a habit of that. The Chadwick Bosman thing was another situation like that where it's like, what? You know, like, it's just out of nowhere, and it really, really sucks. So, you know, of course, it goes without saying, thoughts and prayers and positive energy to all friends and family involved, but I just don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> There's almost I mean, nothing to say. Like, I just don't feel like I could be uh, that positive guy at this point. Sorry about that, guy. That is the stupid phone over here. Yeah, it's... wow like this one it still doesn't feel real like i look at these pictures and i'm like bro he's fucking gone like oh my god no i was i was right there with you it it feels like just yesterday we were talking about the fucking dog calling back to cody yeah it does and it and it also um i just remember we, we literally last week we were talking about how when he comes back um they should just let him do his own thing and yeah. let them be a comedic. Little we were just talking whatever. about what was going to happen when he came back. Like, we were literally thinking, man, when Brody comes back. And it's like now there's no when Brody comes back anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, George, I did uh, the BTE they did for him. The newest one was basically a tribute to Brody. It was it was there. Uh, well, I want to I want to put some of that on the screen. I don't know how much I want to. Yeah. I mean, this is specifically out of respect you know what i mean like i want to yeah they they put a lot into that one to make sure they did brody justice and brody would have enjoyed that so yeah the episode's called brody let's look at a little just so you guys get a general idea here yeah and i'm gonna link you guys in the chat too this is something that you should check out it's awesome it's monday oh yeah you know what that means this one's for you brody we love you buddy yeah i love when he does that Hey guys, I just wanted to take this time out to talk about uh, my favorite memories of doing BTE with Mr. Brody. Um, I think when we first kind of came up with the idea to start doing some Dark Order stuff on BTE, I don't know if uh, Brody was really on board with it. He had just debuted as the Exalted One and was, you know, this serious kind of badass um, and he was taking it very seriously and you know we were kind of pitching him to do these silly little bits but uh, we we're, were acting like idiots um, but I think after that first bit after that first roll of paper was thrown at Pino's head and we were all dying and laughing like little girls I think we all knew that we were onto something, and after that, he was he was all in with it. Forty thousand fucking emails. This is your fault. This is your fault, little John boy. Oh, hey, bro, Brody. I'm Hangman. I don't think we've met. I was on your website, Dark Order, Cowboy shit, Hangman, Adam Page. You filled up the form. Yeah, and I just never heard back. I thought it was kind of funny. It was a funny story. Uh, good luck with your call. Anyway, you know. Wait, what? I mean, uh, your friends. No, 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 stop! Pick those up! Pick them up! Pick them up! You gotta be kidding me! Mr. Brody Lee was the best and the funniest guy ever. Uh, <laughs> Love you, like, you love horses? You like horses? Do you like whiskey? Yeah. Do you like fucking cowboy shit? Yeah. Evil Uno. 
I want you to do me a solid right now. Yes, I will, I will, I'll do you a solid. I want you to gather up a bunch of papers in your right hand. Yes, Mr. Broden. I'd and now throw them off your fucking head! That's awesome. Oh my god, it worked! It worked. <laughs> I was told about the concussion. <laughs> this is so funny, man. Get up. Out of the way, John. Did you see? Fuck! Mr. Brody, your papers! Mr. Brody, your papers! This is gonna taste mm, so, so sweet! sweet. The fuck was that? I am powerful! Yes, Put the power of the papers in your very hands. I still feel it. Fucked it up! Make ah! me... Oh shit. What the fuck? Uh, you fucking idiot! What Tony. the fuck, Cody? <laughs> what the fuck, Tony? He's packing too! He's packing too! Mom! Mom! Calm the fuck down! Have you ever heard of. Jungle Boy? Have I ever heard of Jungle Boy? You guys got Jungle this was Boy? Jungle Boy? I thought yourself. this was Jungle Boy too. Jungle Bee. Tell him. Tell him how much you love the Dark Order. Shut the fuck up first off. <laughs> this is not <laughs> Jungle <laughs> Boy? Look at the hair. This is Griff Garrison. Whoa, who the fuck is Griff Garrison? This is Griff Garrison. He's Griff Garrison? Griff Garrison! Who the fuck is Griff Garrison? Who the fuck's Griff Garrison? Who the fuck is Griff Garrison? <laughs> That's fucking Griff Garrison! Oh, is that who that is? Oh, Everything about God. Holy shit, shit man. Smile. Uh, filming BTE with him was oh, these guys so, are so funny. Almost impossible. You guys fucked up. Yes, yes sir, yes. you do. I do, I do understand. You understand me? I do, I do understand! Fuck! God damn it! Fuck! I told you, the Dark Lord are better on here than they are on the actual Dynamite. They're just so good at this naturally, you know? They let them be funny. It was the best thing for them. Uh, He would just look at us, and you could see it plain as day, us trying to hold back laughter. (laughs) You could see them trying to not corpse. (laughs) Fuck! Put him down! Put him down! I'm not looking! I'm not looking! Boys! Boys! I love when he comes back like that. Hey! What the fuck are we talking about? I was talking about. What the fuck is this? Who got papers for me? Who got papers? Who has papers? <laughs> what are you talking about? You little <laughs> bitch? Did someone say? Little bitch? Little bitch? Oh, are you doing it? Oh, bitch. my God. Fucking bitch. Uh, Show your hand, bitch boy. Johnny Thursday. <laughs> what the fuck are you guys doing? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I love the yeah, game. Yeah, there's that, always right? fucking something with silver. Why is it always something with fucking silver? He's a, he's a kid. He's a kid. He's, he's a kid. 29 years old. He's just a kid. He's just a kid. I'm 29 years old. I was like, you don't tell you this. Listen, I have an eight-year-old. 
Okay. My eight year old's not a fucking idiot. John Silver. <laughs> fucking wow. idiot. Where was he? Where was he? Fucking Silver. I'm not at it's a 29. Shut up. As you can see, almost every PT is This kid. And that oh, it's so saying, funny, are man. Crying? Are crying? <laughs> yeah, they always corpse it and he covers it with cry. Yeah, it's fucking hard to not corpse. Take care of these two. You fucking crying? Huh? You fucking crying? Hey, look at him. Look, look at me! You fucking... Are you crying? Crying? You're crying. You're crying. What are you doing, boy? Ah! You crying? Are you crying? Well, you crying? Oh, no. I'm you're not. not. No, you're not. No, no. I know you're not. Nope. Yeah. Nope. <clears throat> are you crying? Are you crying? That was because we were just holding back laughter and we kind of straightened this out so we can get through, get through the bit. I'm fucking crying my presence, you weak little bitch. <laughs> you don't like him? I don't like you, but I'm letting you try to make this up to me, okay? Get the fuck out of my room! <laughs> yeah, laugh! Laugh, you little bitch! <laughs> Smurring the uh, fuck up! You are detrimental to my company! Ah! I don't want any problems! Twitch is dead! You guys understand me? Fucking idiots on Twitch. No more third party affiliates. Bitcoin. Oh, wants to look like this. Check this out. Oh, so good. I'm so glad that they did this. Hey, hey, you're welcome. Have fun with the body. Fucking idiot. You dumb fucking idiot. John, piece of shit, silver. Piece of shit! Shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Shut the fuck up! Okay. Sh shut the fuck up, Silver! Hey, shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up! Okay, I'm out. I'm out. I'm sorry. Okay. Fuck. Every fucking time I had one good fucking night. One. We. Six riding Fuck That's awesome. I'm gonna come in. Now I'm taking it back. I'm taking it back. Give me a hug. Look. What a shit table stuff. What the fuck is wrong with you? Sue, this motherfucker doesn't like your food. Oh, oh, you're the man. You're the man, Robbie. You're the man. Oh, my stomach. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, God. Too good, man. Too good. I'm glad they put that together. Oh, um, yeah. Very well done stuff. It's kind of funny because I believe I saw somewhere that his wife said the Mr. Brody Lee character was literally the polar opposite of how he really is. That's so what it's cool to says. see that he was able to commit to that so well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. I always said this guy was talented. I mentioned, I, I think we've played off. Back when he was just being used in the background with the wires, we've played like shoot interviews on here with him. I said, this guy's a really well-spoken, smart guy, you know? Yeah. Like there was always a, something really cool with that guy, man, for sure. Yeah, the guy's always been a standout. Even when he was just standing in the background, he made sure you knew he was there. Yeah, absolutely. 
So, um, yeah, I got, I, I kind of thought coming on here a couple of days later, I would, uh, feel a little bit better about it or be a little bit less shocked. But no, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm very few things surprised me the way that this did. I'm looking at this image right now and I still can't believe that I'm never going to see that face on dynamite again. It's always so sudden with these guys, man. It, like I said, it reminds me of Pillman and Eddie so much where it was just like, oh, yeah. you have to adjust to the fact that they're not there anymore. Because remember, like, stuff like that wasn't as, I guess, easy to find when, like, guys like Chris and Eddie died. So when it happened, I found out about Eddie dying the day of the tribute. Like, when like when the tribute aired, I realized Eddie died. The same thing with Chris, with this. We found this, all this news came out Saturday. Like... <laughs> Oh boy. So anyway, let's see what we have going on here. Um, as you guys know, real name John John Huber. He that he died at forty one years old. AEW said the old elite wrestling family is heartbroken in an industry filled with good people. John Huber was exceptionally respected and beloved in every way. A fierce and captivating talent and thoughtful mentor and simply a very kind soul that starkly contradicted his persona as Brody Lee. Um so apparently According to Dave Meltzer, he said that uh, his wife didn't want want it out, so they didn't it didn't get out. But his lungs weren't working, and he'd been hospitalized since the end of October. So he was in the hospital for a couple of months then. Yeah, I believe it's what he'd been. Uh, at first, it was him selling the dog collar match, but then I guess what was it? Like he he was trying to work out, and he couldn't finish workouts anymore. Yeah, that's what they were saying that uh. He couldn't finish any of the workouts and then body slam.net reported that his passing was either the result of uh something impacting his lungs or a lung infection we're not entirely sure which one it is but it was either a something impacting his lungs or b a lung infection i guess we'll get more follow-ups on that assuming that they want to uh bring it out melsa said that the few people who knew and there were only a few who knew were keeping it quiet he, and that everyone knows that he's been asking about it and uh he didn't know what it was but he had a lung ailment for a long time and when he was first off they were selling the injury with cody from the dog collar match and that he guesses that somewhere shortly after when he first got this uh it just got worse and worse and people were aware and it's not like this was something that was sudden it's something terrible he's been dealing with since since people started asking questions months ago when they noticed that he wasn't there so uh this is Meltzer's uh, take on what was going on here. So, uh, yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, it's just that's unfortunate. Like, it doesn't feel like all that long ago that we'd last seen him. I think that's what, for at least for, for me and probably a lot of people, so shocking about it. It's not like a case of, of some of the older wrestlers where you haven't seen them in a long time. And they're a lot older. We just saw Brody not even four months ago, I don't think. I mean, we saw him, yeah, it, yeah, sooner than that. So a bunch of yeah. people tweeted, uh, Drew McIntyre tweeted, he said, our entire brotherhood and industry mourns tonight. In addition to his incredible passion and talent, John was above all else a great man who loved his family more than words can say. Please keep them in your thoughts. I'll see you down the road, brother. So um, that is Drew McIntyre. Uh, Chris Jericho shares a story here. Let me see if I can get it for you. Uh, oh, this is actually pretty interesting. See if I bring it up on the screen first for you guys. So there's a, a story behind this. They said that uh, backstage in Mexico 2015, Brody was annoyed that he didn't have his own merch t-shirt. So one of the brothers got a bunch made in his honor. We all wore them in tribute to the dude because everybody loved him. Just a wonderful man and a kick-ass worker. 
We never had a bad match, and I probably worked with him 50 times. I was a big fan of his and even helped bring him into AEW, where he did the best work of his career in a very short time. I'm going to try to find that goofy fucking shirt, and if I do, I'm going to hang it on my wall so I can be reminded daily what a legit great person looks like. Thanks, John. You were a million. You're one a million and a true brother. There's the backstory. To, <laughs> I like that shirt. To the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I like that shirt. I kind of want one now. And it just says, yeah, 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 three yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, cool stuff. Very, very cool that everybody took the time out to put stuff there. Of course, Bray Wyatt had to say something. And he released a statement saying, uh, you were my best friend, my brother, my partner, my Terry Gordy. We changed this whole game because we refused to do it anyway, but our way. We were always at our best when we were a team, and I think we both knew it. We fought like brothers because we were. I'm so goddamn pissed. This isn't how it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be us fat, bald, and useless running wide family spots in high school gyms in our 70s. Where do we go now? What do I do knowing I'll never hear your condescending sarcasm as I'm riding high? I miss you so fucking much already. I would do anything just to live through our worst moments again. I can't believe you're gone. I'm so sorry, brother. I'm so sorry. You'll always be a part of me, whether I like it or not. Without you, everything is different. And I hope Amanda truly knows that I am here, not just to say it, but because I love them too. I will make sure your son knows the incredible man you are, not the legends people will tell, but the real you that very few people get to see. I promise I'll put him over clean in dark matches when he's old enough, just like I promised. I'm hurting so bad. I wish I had a chance to say goodbye. But then again, it's Saturday, and you know what that means. Save a seat next to wherever you are. That's where I belong. I'll be there when it's my time. Goodbye forever, Brody. I love you. And to put into context, the reason he said goodbye to forever, because that used to be Brody's way of uh, departing. Whenever he would leave a locker room, he would always jokingly tell everyone goodbye forever, according to Big E. Yeah, it was like his little thing. So it was kind of like the uh, in the last Avengers, the I love you 3000. That was his thing. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. and of course you have Eric Rowan put something up as well. Get the image that he used up on the screen here. Uh, heartbroken and numb. Just when I think my eyes have dried, I think of you and begin to cry again. I have lost not only a friend, but a brother. I struggled last night with many emotions and memories. John meant more to me than he will ever know. I remember clearly all the loops we had during our years on the road together. He would always look forward to, to getting home to his family. After every loop, he would say to me goodbye forever because he would want his one or two days with them to feel like forever. One thing he taught me through his own actions was to be a better father and husband. He was one of a kind in everything he did. Great performer, great father, great husband, great friend, and all around amazing human being. My heart goes out to everyone who was touched by his greatness. My deepest condolences to his family. John, this is not goodbye forever, but goodbye for now. I will see you on the other side, my brother. I love you. Other Wyatt, good old Rowan, put his tribute up. Yeah. Do you hear nothing but positive things about this guy? Not a soul has a bad thing to say about him. Nope, not a soul. Because there's nothing one. bad to say about him. Yeah. Um, a fan apparently did some artwork, which is what I have up on the screen now, and Braun Strowman shared this along with his pulse. And Braun Strowman put, uh, the crazy thing about this fan art is I'm sure I, I can speak for the rest of the guys in, in it. And in the locker rooms, he shared that we, we all looked up to John. From day one, when I didn't know shit about the business, trust me, he reminded me on a regular LOL. He took me under his wing, and his constructive criticism was like no one else's. He had no problem telling me when I suck, but he was he was also one of the first ones to tell me when I did something good. 
We traveled the world together and he had put up with my crazy ass. I learned so much from him and God, the memories I will cherish the rest of my life are unbelievable. We all used to joke about when we were all old and fat and fired from anywhere that would let us wrestle, that we were going to take over the medieval times business. And he said he was going to be the silver knight and the silver knight ain't putting nobody's ass over because in the ring, he made everyone look amazing. He was one of the most unselfish men I've ever met and an amazing husband and father. It was always magical being around him with his family because he went from salty old Brody to loving John. I wish I could walk out to the Fireflies one more time with you, brother. Those are the most amazing days of my career and I will hold them high till, till I'm gone. Save a, a seat and a turkey leg at the round table. Ride hard, Silver Knight. I love you. There's Braun Strowman's tribute to uh That is some great looking artwork, though. Very cool artwork. Very, very cool. Glad everybody. He touched so many people and, you know, he deserves to be acknowledged. Um, oh, yeah. So, so that. many wrestlers reached out to him. And all of them had, like, different stories and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so Kevin Owens apparently uh put up this video that he found. It says, uh, before a show in Hawaii back in 2017, Brody, Sammy, Kofi, Xavier, and I went for a helicopter tour. Brody and I were in the same helicopter. I went back last night to look at the video and pictures from that day. This still makes me laugh as much now as it did the day we took it. Let's have a look at this, then I'll share it to you guys. pretty cool oh man yeah man yeah he was he was definitely one of those guys that you know he uh made a lot of friends in the business that's for sure i don't know that he had even single enemy no dude we heard positive things the entire time you know (laughs) we'd be here all night if we tried to go through everything yeah no for sure there's the link in the chat room for those of you guys that want to check it out that are listening to the podcast version of this show wow yeah, man. This one, oh my God, this one hurt. No, definitely. I mean, like I said, I didn't expect that of all things. But not I did, I did tell you guys not to count this year out yet. And that's one of my favorite lines, right? Oh my God. And now you understand why. Yeah. So uh, John Moxley tweeted, he said, it doesn't feel real. It feels like I'm in a very vivid dream and I'm waiting to snap out of it. My brain hasn't accepted it yet. Right now I'm completely fucking numb. And apparently, uh, this was in Sports Illustrated. And Tony Khan asked John Moxley what he thought in far, as regards to Tony, to Brody Lee being in AEW. And he said, uh, the first night we wrestled each other, we shared a hotel room together later that night. Uh, that was over a decade ago. He was an incredible person. While so many of us would be all hot about some wrestling angle, he would find a way to turn negatives into positives or an inside joke. He was the exact person you wanted in the locker room. I was so glad to be around him again in AEW. And when we wrestled so many times, whether it was on the Indies and in the in the Shield, Wyatt War, Six Mans, on house shows and European tours, it felt like we were always together. When Tony Khan asked about Brody and AEW, I said, hell yeah, I want that match. We could wrestle each other in our sleep. He was so fucking good. Oh, there's John Moxley. Yeah, those guys had quite a few uh, bangers throughout the multiple, the multiple encounters we saw them, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they definitely did. Like I said, those, those were, I'm glad freaking, we at least were able to get that, you know? Yeah, well, the weather was Moxley, DDT, and him through the ramp, or freaking Brody almost folded him up in that ladder at WrestleMania that one year. Yeah. And Marco's stunt also 
and somebody who uh, apparently had a text message. They said that uh, Marco Stunt got knocked out during a match. Big surprise there. And Brody Lee was looking out for him, and he sent him a text message. I think we have a screenshot of the text message here. Yeah, he says, hey, man, it's Brody Lee. I just wanted to shoot you a quick text to check up on how you're doing. Hey, man, I'm doing good. My nose is messed up, and I've got a headache, but that's really it. I'm ready to go again. Ha ha. Great match. Try to take it easy for a while. Blank if you're into it. Ha ha. I'm in the process of that as we speak, actually. Ha ha. There you go. Relax and enjoy the time off and then ask for a raise. So what was the what was the word that Marco Stun needed to say? That's what I'm off? wondering. Like, what can we put there? Smoke. Uh, uh, it has you, to be you know smoke. What, you know? It has to be smoke. That's the only thing that fits in there. There's only one other thing it could be. And it's just because it's a big thing now. Yeah, he said, be. yeah, great match. Try to take it easy for a while. Smoke if you're into it. Haha, ha, I'm in the process of that as we speak, actually. Yeah, he's smoking up. Smoke up if you're into it. There you go. See, look at that. These guys are great. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the sad part is just because it's been the thing in my life in the past, part of the thing that's kept me laughing since Saturday, just a fucking Twisted Tea. Like in my perfect oh. world, it's like Twisted Tea if you're into it. Wow, that's so funny. It's, just it's funny because Stasis was suggesting treats. yesterday using Twisted. She was, she was saying, when we were watching Raw earlier, she was saying that they should turn uh, freaking Riddle and uh, and Jeff Hardy into the Twisted Bros because his move is the Twist of Fate, so they could be the Twisted Bros. And when you think about it, it could also have a double meaning if they're the Twisted Bros. Those guys are always Yo, twisted. That that meme has run wild. What? The fucking twisted T thing. Ever since that guy slapped the shit out of that guy in that gas station. It's <laughs> everywhere now. Oh, man. I saw somebody CGI that shit in that fucking scene from the Namek fight where Goku slapped the shit out of Frieza. Mm-hmm. And so the hand it was just twisted T. And I was like, that's fucked up. But <laughs> so Otis, our good buddy Otis, also. We put something out here oh yeah let me get i'm trying to get the proper bear with me this is all I'm trying to be as organized as possible with all this stuff um he said i looked up to you a lot while i was getting into wrestling accepted tucky and i right away in the locker room thank you for always giving advice about the profession and life you're an effing great man rest easy in heaven brother so. yeah one of the i would say if not the one of the best discus clothes lines in the game Mm-hmm. I feel like people had to be shoot afraid to take that spot. Yeah. And it's funny because Cesaro actually revealed something about him. And we, we used to joke. Um, Cesaro said that the dirty tank tops that Brody wore in the ring were actually very clean and smelled tremendous. And he put a lot of work and pride into keeping them clean but looking dirty. And he would get so mad if someone would yank at them or tear them. So you're looking at these shirts. He probably put baby oil or some shit on them. You're looking he had at the to shirts put something on to them. And, and, and apparently the guy's really hygienically sound. And you're looking on TV and you think it's the same old shirt from last time. That's how good no, it is no, in the gimmick. I always suspected something like that, man. I always suspected because they wouldn't do that for a gimmick. Get out of here. You know what I mean? Plus the guy just didn't carry himself like that kind of person. So I, I just love hearing it, though. You know? I just love to hear like this shirt that just looks susy filthy. Was apparently like you just stick your face in and just get a good old sniff. Yeah, man. That's some creativity right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dax, Dax Harwood, Hardwood, Harwood. Oh, it is Harwood. I never pay attention to that name. But uh, Dax Harwood 
posted three years ago, my wife had a miscarriage. We didn't tell very many people. We told the Hubers. During a difficult time in our lives, John and Amanda would text and call my wife and I just to see how we were doing. They sent flowers, cards, and care packages. That's the kind of people they are. That's the kind of people this world needs. That's the kind of person I need to be. I love you, John. Thanks for everything. This Knob Creek is for you. Yeah, you don't hear a single bad thing ever said about this guy. Not a single one. Yeah, so... That is something else. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. You can talk. I was going to say, like, yeah, this, um, man, yeah, this, this one was a shocker. Complete, like, literally completely out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I was hoping like, we would come when, on. When I heard, when I heard the news, I almost didn't send it to you just because I didn't think it was real. I, I can't believe, like, like, I didn't think I was going to come on here <laughs> on the last show. It's so different. I don't even want to go back and listen or watch, but it's such a different New Year's episode in contrast to past New Year's episodes and even past incarnations of ourselves, you know? Yeah, I feel that. There was no song singing or dancing or fun music this time around, huh? Uh, There was no wonderful time of the year this year. I didn't even ask for it this year. You know? I'll still value it, though, because at the end of the day, when we always look at it and they say, count your blessings, who knows if next New Year's, there won't even be that. Exactly. So WWE tweeted saying, learn a little about the life and journey of John Huber in this candid documentary, which it was about 10 minutes. And then Kevin Nash replied very little. So I find it funny how Nash just decided, fuck, I'm going to throw them under the bus. I get where he's coming from, especially being big, sexy. And I know his attitude towards shit. And it was very little. I had to click to make sure. I probably wouldn't have even clicked if I didn't. <laughs> I was just trolling it. But when I clicked, it was like, yeah, that ain't much. It, it was a, it was a clip. Yeah. I get Brief. it. I get where he's coming from. They're not going to do like a full-fledged thing. I, I understand the salt people have, but don't right now, please. Right. Don't like, look at WWE people. And it's funny coming from Nash. <laughs> like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, you can't act like they can't be sad he died, which is I know the wrestling community. I'm not pointing fingers and I haven't even looked, but I know I've been in this community before most of you fucking existed. And I know how thoughts travel. And I know that there are people who probably see tweets from executives like Vince or Triple H or whoever. Just I've seen the generic tweets. I didn't even read them on here. Not out of disrespect, but because the generic thoughts and prayers, he was a great person. You get the idea. I wanted you guys to hear the tweets where the person, the people had personal experiences. You know what I mean? Where they genuinely knew. Otherwise, we're going to be in here all night. Reading thoughts and prayers. I'd rather spend my entire Monday day reading those and bringing you guys the ones that are more important, you know, as far as uh, doing that. But that being said, when these guys do give those, they're doing it out of respect. There really shouldn't be any of you that are like, well, look, oh, now you're sad he's dead. Business-wise, they released the man. They didn't wish him dead. They didn't execute him. Business-wise, whether you agree with what they did or not. Don't act like that. Like, like that's a shitty thing to do to be like, oh, you know, like if you see Vince tweeting, which I'm sure I saw Vince tweet, you know, just thoughts, you know, he, you know, he's yeah, a good father and husband. You know, I shouldn't see anything under that tweet of people being like, oh, now you care that he's dead, Vince? What the fuck? Like, there was no time for him to not care, you dumb fuck. But it's not even just that. Like, you can't, whether you agree with the business practices of any wrestling company or not, you can't basically hold it over somebody's head so maybe no one should get fired anywhere in case they die 
That way the person will be like, you know who died? That guy you fired yesterday. Like, it's not, it's not like that, that was their intention. There was things going on. And, and although we, obviously he was underutilized. That's neither here nor there. And I know a lot of people have been in the opposite where they've been, their sentiment has been, yo, now's not a time for wrestling fans to be choosing sides and shit like that. I'm kind of on that boat too. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, this is somebody who had people in that locker room on, in AEW and in WWE truly enjoyed the man's presence and are sad that their friend is gone like i could care less Kill about the, the uh, brand bullshit for about two fucking seconds yeah and i don't it's and not hard yeah and sometimes i think that there should be just general respect at the fact that uh yeah you guys wouldn't a lot of you wouldn't even know who Brody lee slash luke harper was if it wasn't for the people that you're criticizing for mourning him whether it's in wwe or not it's like you guys watched indies all of you like you watch fucking Ring of Honor and all these other federations. And, and and the point that I'm making is that although no one stays anywhere for long, that's how it used to be in the territories. And in my opinion, that's the natural way wrestling's supposed to work. And unfortunately, because of the way that the corporations work right now, we can't do that. People don't go through territories anymore. So I just think that at that point, he was released. And uh, that's really all that there is to it. There wasn't any malice to it or anything. And if it wasn't for the fact that they employed him in the first place, he wouldn't have gotten the exposure that he needed. To be able to probably have the career that he has. Say what you want about this company. But find me a person. Who's gotten to grace the airwaves. Of Monday Night Raw. That wasn't better off afterwards man. Even if you were there for like a month or two. Find me a person right now. Out of everyone. 80s, 90s, whenever. That was an indie person. That was doing loops in the indies. That showed up there. For a program or a feud or an angle. Didn't keep them long. That was not better off on the way out. So they don't have to keep you. This is the way that the business works. They have to fulfill their contract. That's why there are contracts. It shouldn't be that level of hatred. And uh, at the end of the day, Brody Lee, his followers, his value, his net worth, if you will, went up. Whether he was in the background of the Wyatts or not, whether they wanted him to do a, a redneck accent or not, or a hillbilly accent or not, whether they were pushing him or jobbing him or not, his stock rose. You know, so I can't just be, you know, that's just to me shitty when I see that. You're allowed to, uh, it, no one should ever feel like they can't mourn somebody because, because you didn't, you didn't work for them anymore. You can keep them employed forever. That's a bit of elitism I've never really heard of there. That, that, and, that is uh, a level of mark I have never seen achieved before. And speaking of elitism, and yeah, we're going to have to segue off into the news a little bit just because this does connect. And I know it's awkward as hell that this connects, but Dylan Bostick, who the fuck's that? I have never heard that name in my life. This dude. Why does he look like that? What the hell's that? Uh, Hello, Jeeky Pro. Howdy, howdy. I, 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 I don't. The haircut or the mouth? Like I don't know. Like there's, a, there's so much going on here right now. I know. Yeah. So, yeah, his look is just is just distracting, isn't it? He looks like the jobber for the NXT jobbers. And thank you for the follow, Jeeky Pro. Yes, thank you, sir. As a matter of fact, I haven't turned on our alerts today. I'm sorry, guys. I always oh, tell you that I forget that. that. You know, yeah, know. it's kind of funny how the one time you don't, we get the funniest, like, what, eight-minute segment we ever had on the fucking show. But yeah. No, my apologies for that. But, uh, yeah, thank you for the follow, Jeeky Pro. But actually, now I'm thinking about it because it'll only take a second before we uh segue to whoever this guy is. Brody Lee and Luke Harper. Probably, do you think you could pick out one moment that kind of stuck out to you? Like one, I guess, thing he might have done? Uh, would, not not particularly one moment. Why, can you? Yeah. Uh, for me, it was, and I don't know if you... Helped, you know you what? Know. 
You just made the list. Oh, no. Right, here we go. Thank you for the follow. We remember, I've had these off the entire time. Geeky yeah. Pro. Yeah. Oh, God. Here we go again. Our, it probably Chip, is. You know what? Yep. Tim, you time, just time. made the list. Thanks for oh, no. Thanks for oh, here we go. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Okay, let's see if I can get through this one. Holy Jesus. But um, I don't know if you remember. Chip, you know what? what you just made the list. Oh, no. Oh, here we okay, go. We go. Give this a minute. All right. <laughs> I, I had a feel. It's because, yeah. Also, Diggy, but this is, a, this is we're, we're talking about the news of wrestling. Someone just Chip, you know what? Oh, you just made the list. Thank you for the follow. Oh, OG no. nice. Oh, here we go. OG nice. Thank you for the follow. Raven, Raven, Raj, Raven also. B, Chime, Chime, Jiki Pro. Thank you guys for the follows. Chip, you know what? You just made Chip the list. Here. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. Thank you for the follow. Yeah, I got to remember to turn that thing on sooner in the day. That way, like. Or like sooner in the broadcast. You know we what? Been on here for like an hour. You just Andrew, made the list. Oh no! Oh, here we go. Good oh, lord! Could use an intermission anyway, right? This should have yeah. been an intermission. I would have known. Chip, you know taken. what? Paul, Paul. You just made the list. Oh no! Here we go. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, all I gotta do is like freaking. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh no! Oh, here we go. I don't even know. Those who don't know, it's catching up with all the Facebook likes we've missed throughout the week. That guy's name was Amadou. Amadou! Da, 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 <laughs> da, da, da. Is that it? That might be the joke. <sighs> oh, God, that might be it. Okay. So, yeah, for me, um, I don't know if you remember this, but it was after the Wyatts first broke up, and all of them had kind of disappeared for a little bit. And it was when Harper came back and he had that weird promo where you'd only see his eyes on the Titantron. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember Yeah, that. he would always talk about, like, my eyes are finally open and I see you. And I remember that was, like, his Tron for, I think, the rest of his single, rest of that first singles run. And I remember that was so cool because I, I didn't really think about it at that time. But it's like, of everybody on that in that faction, besides the beards, that's some eyes you don't forget. No, you definitely do not. Like you feel him staring at you. Yeah, man. I always said that that was one of the greater teams. You know, that was one of the successful things in WWE. Something that they got right that very few of us really complained about. You know, exactly. Everything about the Wyatts and what's cool about the with, with, with um the Wyatt family, they didn't have the traditional state um stable breakup. They just drifted apart. It wasn't like somebody turned on somebody and somebody did this and somebody did that. It was just one moment, bang, they're not together anymore. Yeah, which, like I said, it's a shame that uh, I really wanted to see. At some point, I figured maybe Rowan would have wound up at AEW or they would have met at an indie show or, or something, you know? Right, just one more time, right? Yeah, anything, you know? But I mean, hey, at least their last run together wound up being a good one because, I mean, they did get a tag title win at WrestleMania. Which I think neither of them have had. So, mm. yeah. Thanks for the memories, Brody. Absolutely. Like I said before, it's uh, man. It's like I said, it's, it's just shocking. Exactly. Thing. This one was completely out of left field. Mm-hmm. So let me see if I have more on this program on this. Sorry, guys. I'm just sorting our stuff here. All the while, this weirdo still on the screen. And shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This guy. So yeah. Right. I forgot all about him. So apparently, like, it's it's <laughs> the bad. So this was bad timing. Yeah, kind of bad timing. So he tweets and he tags a bunch of AEW people. And he's like, in in 2019, 
In 2019, I was at the first ever EW taping in Washington, D.C. Then I, I didn't do anything other than hang out. I was paid $200. I was then at the tapings in Indianapolis and Sham, Champaign. In Indianapolis, I walked Darby out in the body bag on TV, and I also let all of the extras borrow my clothes to walk Darby out so EW wouldn't have to go out and buy everyone clothes. In Champaign, I had to take a bunch of bumps before the show. I was paid $80 for each night in Indianapolis and Champaign. They cut my pay to 120 for each night with no warning or communication to me. And apparently they said that a bunch of the producers backstage treated him badly. And uh, now he's speaking out about it. You know, man, I don't know you, dude. But whoever you are, leave it to you in 2020 to be the first person to fuck up the timing of speaking up to the point to the point of being healed for it. Like, leave it only. I don't know whoever he is, but this guy's cue must come before his eye. Because how the fuck out of all the times of people to speak out, <laughs> I hate what in the world did he read Twitter? Oh, is that your first time using Twitter, my dude? They have this thing called a news feed. Okay. If you scroll past it for like three seconds, then Dr. Britt can... Baker replies. What a sick human to post this and tag the people you did today. The wrestling world is in mourn is mourning the loss of an amazing friend, husband, and father. And you're bitching about $120? If you were so concerned about your professionalism, why did you show up in ripped jeans and a t-shirt? So Britt, Britt was quick there, man. She's quick to... Oh. <laughs> Britt said, I'm gonna fuck you up in gimmick, bro. That is, that is really rough. Hey, first of all... And then, uh, wow, this, oh boy. Oh my god! Yeah, let's keep this going before I say anything else. Hold on. Oh my god! Ricky Starks just told him could, to just shut the fuck up. Wow! 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 Joey Janela said eighty dollars is more than he ever made in a match. Wow! And he said that he was only responding to something that Rich, that Rip Rogers said. But then I also read somewhere else that he was responding for the second time to something that Rip Rogers said, which means that he was re-emphasizing it. So, yeah, be a better person, asshole. Put your tongue and, in your mouth too. And when you're the guy holding Darby's body bag, you don't matter enough to bitch because I'd have to watch it again to know it was fucking you. Like, motherfucker talks about that shit like he wrestled Darby. Bitch, you weren't one of the body bag boys. Shut the fuck up. Motherfucker looks like he couldn't even be an extra on the Jersey Shore. Like, what the fuck? He looks like the guy you'd hit with a can of twisted tea. <laughs> <laughs> Part why his jaw so fucking slack now. Maybe it was him. I don't remember this guy. I don't know. I don't know what we were supposed to. When you said, when you said, what, what's his name? Dylan, what's his name? King Chris says he looks like he took the COVID vaccine. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Why, why did he do that? That's so fucked. <laughs> This is the face. This is the face of vaccination. Inquest. Marco's stunt wouldn't dude, lower himself to wrestle him. Write it down. This is the face of vaccination. Oh, can he be the artwork? Yeah. <laughs> like what's the sound? What's the sound you make to a face that looks like that? Oh, oh my god! God, this guy looks like he would get a semi-prominent role in Lucha Underground. For what like is going three episodes. Here? He looks no, like the guy you'd kill off in there. No class whatsoever. 
no, what what a distasteful remark to steal a line from dearly departed Mean Gene. What a distasteful remark. <laughs> like, you got to be kidding me, man. Oh, but the, the jokes were better than anything he's ever done. But the taste, the distaste doesn't end there. Oh, goody, goody. I know. I, I know you were hoping for more distaste when you're talking about someone's death. So, uh, oh boy, how do I even go into this, man? Okay, so Bruce Mitchell of PW Torch wrote an article on PW Torch where he he said a few things. Um, but the general consensus was that I'm a doctor, but I, I'm not a doctor, but I've never heard of an athlete the size and in the shape Brody Lee was. And to be able to excel in his last two matches, suddenly developing a lung condition that that serious that quickly. Now, the article, the column in PW Torch. Uh, should I read this? I should because I don't want to give you guys bullet points. I'll try to get through it as quickly as possible because he got heat for writing this. But he said, I get it. Brody Lee's death hurts. It hurts his family, the wife and family he worked so hard to provide for. He loved them and they loved him. It hurts his pro wrestling family. He worked with everyone in WWE, the industry leader. Every major name from Stephen McMahon and Triple H and on down shared what he meant to them personally and professionally. How he bonded with them in simple human ways and how important he was to their work. It hurts his fans who were happy to see him finally arrive at the cusp of the real stardom they had seen in him all along. Even though he could provide very well for the family he loved best by staying with the industry leader, he decided to gamble on his talent. He partnered with AEW Booker owner Tony Khan to create the main event money drawing star he saw himself as. His wife with two young children at home to raise backed his decision to leave WWE to find his destiny, even though it would mean less money in the house to start. Heartbreakingly, the gamble was paying off. Brody Lee was aptly named like Bruiser Brody. He had the physical presence, the strong style, and the iconic look to not only follow. You know, let's get to uh, let's get to the stuff here. What is this here? You know, why do why do? And that's another thing. Why do journalists feel feel like they need to fluff their uh, they need to fluff their 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 pieces? You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? What is this? A fucking book report? <laughs> Professional yes, journalism, yeah, right? Yes, mother fire before the heat gets there. Modernize your journalism a little bit. That's what this show and our product is all about. You know, we don't have to be the, the the biggest or the most popular, but we're trying to modernize this shit a little bit. Like that's how you're reporting the news. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, what are you up there with a fucking piece of oak tag? Oak tag. <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me right now? Okay. Trying to fucking make it through a show here, and then practically in the middle of the night, and they're gonna have this big presentation. Oh, shit. Anyway, he gives into all of his, he, he talks, he, he gives a big rundown of who Brody Lee is. And then he talks about him joining the Dark Order. Then it goes into the important part. Then he just disappeared. AEW and WWE had already been compromising pandemic health standards by gathering in Florida to even have events. It's no secret that both companies, WWE in particular, have not been transparent as to the consequences to the people involved or of even putting on these shows. They both continue to run even when bigger money, more popular cultural enti- entities like the NFL, the NCAA, and the NBA and ma- Major League Baseball stopped. Then cut back on events. The decision to do that just didn't put independent contractors and their families at risk, but strengthened the pandemic itself by compromising social distancing, thereby st- strengthening the, v- the virus, putting everybody everywhere at more risk of getting sick and dying. It's also evident to anyone who knows professional wrestling history that companies have long covered up the health risks involved in the lifestyles and standards the business often requires. Look no further than how WWE reacted in the wake of Chris Benoit murder-suicide for a strong irresponsible example 
Wrestlers and wrestler families who wanted to stay employed in the business also participated in these compromises in exchange for employment or even possibility of future employment. The head of the table isn't just a storyline. Then Brody Lee disappeared. Understandably, in the COVID-19 era, the silence surrounding his absence led to many, myself included, wondering what, whether he had con- contracted the virus. A.W. and Lee's family kept a very tight lid on what was going on with him and how serious Lee's medical situation actually was. It turned out so serious that he was being treated at the Mayo Clinic for it. With his passing, Brody Lee's wife issued a statement nothing, noting that the enormous support his family had received from A.W. and the doctors at the Mayo Clinic during his illness. She stated that her husband had died after a hard-fought battle with a non-COVID-related lung issue. That leaves the issue, though, of why Brody Lee, his family, and AEW kept such a tight lid on information during his illness. People who have had COVID-19 have gotten lung damage that remained after the virus had left their system, and they then tested negatively for it. Could this be what Lee's wife meant when, when he had already recovered from about with COVID-19 and was then suffering from this lung issue? Why would the family and AEW stay so quiet about what was going on if it was not COVID-19 related at all? Our country as a whole has not effectively worked together to lower the odds of this pandemic growing. And now we're in the midst of a surge that has made COVID-19 more dangerous than before. Do you know people who have suffered and died from COVID-19 now? I do. There's even a possibility that the virus has mutated to become even more deadly. Vaccines may very well turn out to be effective in the fight to push back COVID-19, but at best that pushback is months away. There's no guarantee in the face of this that pro wrestling or the NCAA or any other major sports will see their clear to see their way clear to continue in the face of how strong the pandemic surges now. The one thing that will put a stop to any of these sports faster than anything else is the death of a major player like the University of Florida Gators college basketball star Cavante Johnson, who was put on a ventilator after collapsing on court during a game or a major national TV pro wrestling star dying because of something relating to this. I'm not a doctor, but I've never heard of an athlete, this was the quote, the size and in the shape of Brody Lee was in to be able to excel in the last two matches, suddenly developing a lung condition that's that seriously that quickly. Uh, And then the final thing he says is whatever the circumstances, Brody Lee's family and AEW both would serve his memory best by being forthright, whatever they are, about all the circumstances surrounding his death, thereby honoring him by allowing us all to make the best informed decisions possible, protecting everyone's health. So this was the official article from PW Torch. Everyone jumped on this guy. Um, Chris Hero, he said, Bruce, I hope one day you look back on yourself with extreme disappointment and gross embarrassment. And I mean, honestly, he said, you don't know a fraction of what you quote unquote think, you know, and your speculation is heartless. Do better. Why do we still have this dude on the screen? That's a good question. Get him the fuck off the screen. Anyway, so uh, a bunch of people attacked this guy in regards to that. What are your thoughts? So the one thing that really, well, amongst everything else, the one thing that stuck out to me is the fact that he said it would benefit AEW and the family more to disclose everything. Well, considering that it's her husband, if she doesn't want to talk about everything, that's really not for anybody else to say. <laughs> like, that's their call. When Brody was gone, yeah, sometimes you would think, oh, hopefully he doesn't get sick. But us wrestling fans just watched him wrestle a dog collar match, a.k.a. something you don't, don't walk off the next day. And it's like, okay, give him some time. 
the injury angle. Maybe it's building to something. Like, nobody was looking that, well, at least not me, nobody was looking that far into it. It was just like, okay, hope he's okay. Hope to see him back soon. And now nobody's sitting here wondering, hey, what really happened, Mrs. Brody? Where was he? Where was he this whole time, Mrs. Brody? Like, that's, if she doesn't want to tell that much, it's her husband. It's her children's father. Nobody gets to tell her any different, and nobody gets to judge any different. So it's like, and then to talk about being quick, Brody was gone for a hot minute. That wasn't exactly quick. I mean, it it, it was quick, dude. Like, yeah, really I mean, it was quick, it. but it's like, uh, like it was quick. You know what I mean? Like we can't act like uh, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that's what I—that's what I want. In your opinion, we we have to look at both sides of this. It's not unheard of. The timing, there's no question about it. The timing couldn't be worse as far as him doing that. Just like the other guy who was complaining about money. The timing of this situation couldn't possibly, I couldn't possibly think of worse timing. The question itself, it's not like he put it in people's heads. You know what I mean? It's not like he's the one who put it in people's heads that this was happening. And that if he hadn't said anything... I would have never thought that something weird was going on. Like we all thought something weird. We were just last week talking about it. Now a cover up that's with no evidence. And, and at the speed of that, that's awfully close, but it's too soon to tell. It's only been 24 hours. He should have let some of the facts stack. It seemed like he just wanted to jump on that story as fast as possible. You know? Yeah. He, he could have waited a lot longer to say something. And then, like I said, just to say, like, why are you going to tell his wife and the company he worked for what they should do with the information they know? That's their call. Yeah. Like, as a fan, a journalist or anything, that's no nobody else has say on that. And especially this soon in, he, he could have waited. The woman even made a statement about it, you know? Yeah. He took time out of her day to write that post and thank everybody who supported her. She didn't have to do that. We should be glad we got just that from her. Yeah, but what would you change your tune if you found out that there was a cover-up? See, oh man, that's where it's weird for me because especially the way this whole this whole uh, virus thing has been, I could understand why some people don't necessarily want to talk about that because like, it, uh, it, I only know if I could say it's a touchy subject because we've been dealing with it for so long. But at the same time, it's like if somebody's gone for that long, maybe they're keeping them away to keep the rest of the roster safe, you know? So then you don't have that mass, um, these mass outbreaks, and then you're struggling to put everything together. Maybe if they knew Brody was sick, maybe it was just for everybody's good, you know? And not, not even just the roster, but also Brody in the hopes that he gets better. But at the same time, you could also, from a corporate standpoint, not saying that they did, but what perspective could be, you don't want to be the company that killed Brody Lee. Yeah, that's that too. Because you decided to work during a pandemic. And being the nice guy that we know he is, is it beyond the realm of possibility that he would not want his legacy to be that he left and he, you know, AEW takes the blame for this and people that he respects and loves now work for a company that can't get over a stigma? You know what I mean? When at the end of the day, whether or not you even feel that they are accountable for that or whether they should have stopped or not, that's an opinion and it's subjective. You can't say for certain 
which one of those ways you'd want to go. You know what I mean? At least I can't do it. So what are we saying? It's their fault because they continue to work and try to keep people employed. Are we saying it's not their fault and that everyone understood the risk? The point is that's a completely different debate. But maybe it's just one that they didn't want up in the air because no matter how, what side you're on, that will become the focus. Not whether or not Brody Lee is gone and not whether or not AEW is good or bad. The focus will become whose fault is this? The finger pointing will start to happen. All speculation, but just under this exploring this tinfoil theory is what I'm going to call it for the time being. That would be the only motivation that I could think of not wanting to have a just this stigma in the air that someone died because of something that you did. Like I said, I'm trying to be as careful as possible in regards to that because I don't, I'm not accusing. This is again, just exploring the different possibilities of what, you know, that are being presented to us in this, like we always do. I would like to think that this company has been forthcoming and honest because so far they've given me no reason to believe otherwise. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not going to just throw shit like that in the I can entertain this hypothesis, if you will. But I'm not going to just, if that's exactly what it is. And I would even closer, I'd rather call it a 10 theory. Anyway, moving along, EC3 released limited Brody Lee merchandise. He released a Brody Lee shirt. And I'm going to get up on the screen for you guys to check out. Here it is here. These shirts are being sold, sold at $25 each. And all proceeds will go to the death of Brody's family. Okay. I'm going to share this with you guys. In the chat room, if you want to support, this is one way you can support the family. If you would like to contribute, here is the link. I will also be up on our Twitter social media. If you're gonna, if you're a person who buys a lot of wrestling shirts, what what a better way you actually get something out of this one? But EC3 exactly. put this shirt up, and all of the money goes to Brody Lee's family. Okay, yeah. so like I said, there's tons of things that you can do. You get a cool shirt, and you get to know that you helped Brody's family. Yeah, he says every cent will be will, of the proceeds will be donated to his family. It's, he says wrestling is art, and John was a master, only exceeded by his character as a man. This is EC3. If you're looking for other ways to support Brody Lee's family, look no further than CM Punk. CM Punk has said that all of his merchandise proceedings will be going to Brody Lee. If you buy anything. From ProWrestlingTees.com slash CM Punk. Anything that is CM Punk stuff, that money goes straight to Brody Lee's family. So you don't even have to pick something that's specifically, you could pick anything off of the CM Punk shop right now and you're, it's, all that money is going to support this family. So there is a, there's that for you also. I'm going to link you guys there as well. So this is just ways that he, that people are trying to help out from within the business. Yeah. Do what you can for Brody's family. Yeah, and you're getting something out of it too. Not that that should be the motivation, but these guys are saying, "Look, we'll, we'll just give our shit up." You know, that's 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 the kind of people that they are. We will have no gain in this. <laughs> so there's something for you guys. I have the links up on our social media. I have them up in both chat rooms. So, oh boy, what a what a crazy situation, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> Probably one of my. Uh, I think of this current generation, one of my favorite big men. Is he classified like as a like as a full fledged big man? I mean, when it came to like, I, I always saw him as more of like tall. When it came to like a big man, he wasn't mm-hmm. like heavy like some of the other ones were, but he was like for his size, he was a good size dude. Yeah, like he he was he was up there. Like I mean, especially for some of the stuff he could do. Like I mean, I've seen him do hurricanes. Uh, I think see, even John Cena posted a picture on Instagram. He caught the spot 
where he did, I think he hit a hurricane on Cena. I think it was before Mania 30. I mean, we've seen him do suicide dives. I loved that, that discus forearm that he would hit, man. That discus clothesline. His, me, he has probably the best one. Yeah, since somebody like JBL, that's the best I've seen somebody really nail somebody with that shit, man. You know? In fact, um, JBL used to like, I, I'm pretty sure JBL used to shoot. That was those like shoot pops we heard on commentary. When I he wish, was on when he would be doing those. I wish I would have uh, I wish I would have acknowledged it more at the time that it happened because I know we were so down on it. But when Cody lost the title to him in that really quick match, it was a squash match. The only thing that saved the way that match looked was at the end of it, how he followed in with that discus clothesline where it looked like he killed Cody. Like it didn't matter as much as I didn't like the way that that match went down. It didn't matter whether the match was long or, or, or short. Because when that sequence led into him walking straight into that discus clothesline and Cody did the inside out bump where he kind of spins and lands, like in reality, that would take anybody out. And it looks so convincing that that's really the only reason they can get away with pulling something like that. Everything about that move for him looked perfect. His impact. I think he was able to hit that rotation faster than I've seen almost anybody else hit it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that move looks like it sucks to have to take. Yeah, it totally does. Totally does. So, um, Dynamite, AW Dynamite this upcoming Wednesday was going to be, I believe, a New Year's special. Yeah, I think it was a New Year's Dash, I believe they were going to call it. Were they really? New Year's Bash? No, not New Year's Dash. Wait, no, not New Year's Dash. It was New Year's It was something. New Year's Bash, man. Trust me, they're not in court. New Year's that's Bash? High okay. New Year's Dash, that's, that's, that's New Japan. <laughs> Remember, that's the pay per view that comes the day after Wrestle Kingdom. I was thinking, New oh, Year's Dash. Yeah, that's right. I know what I'm thinking that because fucking Wrestle Kingdom is right around the corner. That's what it is. You have too much New Japan on your brain, my friend. I was thinking, New Year's Dash, did they really oh. go there? I was thinking, maybe because of overseas copyrights, they could get away with it, but no, they would never do that. <laughs> that would be burning a bridge. That's what yeah. it was because I was like, wait, yeah, fucking Wrestle Kingdom next week. That's right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Instead of getting this New Year's Bash as they were supposed to do, they completely changed the program. And uh, Tony Khan tweeted out saying this Wednesday on AEW Dynamite will celebrate the life of John Huber, Mr. Brody Lee with a show in including tributes and special card of matches dedicated to the exalted one. This night is intended to honor John, but also this is for Amanda and their sons, Brody and Nolan. And uh, then they announced a card for this tribute show. It's going to be Cody Rhodes and Orange Cassidy and 10 versus team Taz. Okay. Um, the young bucks, and Cole Cabana versus Matt Hardy and Private Party. Hangman Page, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds against MJF, Santana, and Ortiz. Anna Jay and Tay Conti versus Dr. Britt Baker and Penelope Ford. Lance Archer, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson versus Eddie Kingston, The Butcher, and The Blade. It's funny. Doesn't it almost sound like they just basically turned everybody in the Dark Order babyface? Like, that's it. They're just babyfaces now. Well, look at what you, look at what you have here. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, interesting enough... um, I heard a little uh, interesting thing about how this card actually was put together. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, Brody, one of his boys, AEW let him pick this card out as basically like a tribute to his dad. So this is what his son wanted. Notice, say what? This is what his son wanted. Yeah, this is the card uh, his son wanted to put together because you notice there's a member of the Dark Order in every match. But that's but, but it's funny because they're all fighting heels. Yeah. They never you know? like this group is, yeah. This group realistically faces right now. They're baby face, whether they like it or not. What are you going to do after yeah. this? Just not be, just just flip them. That would be, be impossible. 
So, I mean, it's stuck like that, whether they did this or not. Because look at it, Cody Rhodes, Orange Cassidy, and 10. Cody Rhodes and Orange Cassidy are definitely baby faces. They're facing Team Taz. They are definitely not baby faces. Oh, Young yeah. Bucks, Cole Cabana. Cole Cabana's pretty much Dark Order at this point. Oh, yeah. He's and, but, he's with the, but he's with the Young Bucks here, and they're fighting Matt Hardy and Private Party, who I don't know what's going on with that. You got a uh, Hangman Page, who's been hanging out with the Dark Order, John Silva and Alex Reynolds, against MJF, Santana, and Ortiz. So the inner circle, those are heels. They got Anna Jay and Tay Conti, Dark Order and her best friend, against Britt and Penelope. Super heels. You see what I mean? Yeah. And then you got Lance yeah. Archer, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson against Eddie Kingston, the Butcher, and the Blade. All heels. So this is all the Dark Order's baby faces. Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, it's kind of interesting, though, because um, I had mentioned to you before we came on that I decided this. I had this card ready in front of me on Instagram. I love whoever, whoever's running AEW Instagram. I fucking love this guy. Because I guess we talked about before how some fans just missed the whole point of something. I guess there was a fan at Threads that was talking about this card doesn't make sense. Shit you not. This is an exact quote from freaking AEW on one of the comments. It said, um, hello, everyone in this comment thread. You probably saw the person that says this card doesn't make sense. Don't worry, because we appreciate every single one of you who understands the point of this Wednesday night show and the meaning behind it. Side note, that, pe- that person is restricted and will probably still follow us because, you know, haters need fuel. Like. How blind are you to not see the purpose that this is not about storylines. This is not about championships. This is everybody celebrating Brody. You're always going to get people with that. It was like when um, they did Eddie's tribute show and Benoit's tribute show. Damn the storyline for one show. We're just going to celebrate and we're going to bust our asses in the memory of our fucking friend. It's that simple. The storylines can wait a week. Yeah. They have some outtakes at the Being the Elite. I want you guys to just see how much fun they had a little bit here before we wrap up and go into some wrestling news. There's three other fucking idiots in the group that keep fucking up! Huh? Is that your Kool-Aid? Guys? Uh, guys, guys, he's packing heat! Get out! Alex, abandon him! Uh, no, 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 What? <laughs> oh yeah! Come on, Stu! Come on, Stu! God damn it, The thing with Mr. Brody is that uh, he would never break character when he was in the scene. So no matter how funny the skit was, he was always keeping a straight face, yelling at us. But if he wasn't on the scene, if he wasn't in the scene and he was just over to the side, he would start laughing and mess up our shoots because he'd be laughing at us. A one, a two, a two. <laughs> a one, a two, a skiddly diddly do. I won't. <laughs> Even I think he might have got a slight chuckle, a slight chuckle when Sue missed. And then put me with the papers and threw it on the floor. Oh, oh what the hell? Oh, no. Oh. Do it again! Do it again! Do it again! Yeah! Yeah! For you two fucking idiots! Look at me, Silver! Look at me! <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to leave. And there's three other little peckerheads 
that are fucking up! You did your best. You that's your help. best? That's your fucking best? I can't your fucking best! Tell me! Tell him. That's my best. As you can see uh, on those outtakes, um, it was really a lot of fun and it was a lot of laughter to the point where there were times where my abs would be so sore just from laughing so much. Um, you know, watching all of these bits back, it's, it's just made me very grateful that I have um, all of these wonderful memories with Brody. Um, everyone says laughter is contagious. This guy's laugh was the most contagious thing I've ever been around. Even though it was, it was a short time, I only knew him for about six months, I'm very grateful for the time that I did know Brody Lee. He has done more for me than, than I mean, I could ever imagine someone doing. He will be truly, truly missed by myself and so many others. Thank you, Brody. Brody was the best. He was the funniest. He was the man. I would miss him so much. And, uh, it's not really gonna be the same without him. And, you know, I just wanna say thank you, Brody, for your guidance and for your advice and for your friendship. Uh, and I love you and I'm going to miss you. These are never easy. Not at all. It's good, though, that you got to see some of the fun moments. Like, I swear to God, it has to be hell trying not to laugh, knowing damn well he won't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is great. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, there's still a bunch of news here. We're going to stick to the morbid stuff. Uh, might break momentum, right? But uh, apparently... In an update to some of the losses that we've gone through this year, Chad Gasper, did you hear the latest news in regards to that? Uh, I have not. Okay, well, Chad Gasper, uh, his wife apparently, uh, according to LA Daily News, says that uh, she's suing the state of California and the city of Los Angeles and Los Angeles County. And her lawsuit alleges that uh, there were not enough signs posted to warn of possible dangers at the beach where her husband died. And that the lifeguards who arrived to save her and others were understaffed and that they weren't properly trained and they didn't have proper equipment with them. So, uh, hmm, interesting. What do you think? Yeah, then, damn. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, it's kind of funny. The last time I heard anything about Chad, it was the fact that um, regarding his son, the fact that Shelton Benjamin went to go see him after they won the tag titles, but... This, I was not expecting. No. Oof. I mean, she's a she's she's a widow, and I mean, if if there was an investigation that happened, this guy could have been safe from drowning. I guess she owes it to the guy to definitely look into that, right? Yeah, at least see if something could have been done. I mean, if there is somebody to be held responsible as a wife, you kind of got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll have to keep you updated on how that one holds out. That's something for the courts to decide as far as the safety measures there. Um, Ronda Rousey recently spoke to Digital Spy 
And uh, she had a very interesting conversation in regards to her physical condition. Uh, with Rhonda, here, let's see what happened here. She said, I love wrestling, but I think it was maybe Sarah Rowe, a.k.a. Sarah Logan, who told me this. She wrestles for free, but they pay her to travel. The hardest part, I think, was just not being able to lay down horizontally, you know, taking a bunch of hard bumps, your back hurts, and you and you just want to lay down. All I wanted to do between shows is lay down with my legs up, and traveling, you're just sitting upright all the time, and my back would kill me. So the actual act of traveling, I do not miss it at all. It was the absolute worst. My bottom vertebrae and my back is actually broken in half, so that has something to do with it. But traveling on a broken back is the absolute worst. I love being home on my extra firm Tempur-Pedic mattress every night. So her bottom vertebrae is broken in half? Holy shit. How does that work? I mean, I've heard of people deal with injuries like that, but that just sucks ass. You can't have back injuries at Rhonda's age and not Mm -hmm. be really fucked up at an older age if you don't get that looked at now. She shouldn't have been wrestling with anything wrong with her back. Even if her back was constantly sore, that's a red flag. The back is not something to fuck with. You know what I mean? Not at you have all. to get that taken care of immediately. I can't believe she actually traveled the road. You know what I mean? Anyone will tell you a bad back. Don't fuck with that at all. Because overnight you lose your mobility entirely. Did she also do UFC before that, George? Ah, oh, you have to prove it to me. So you drop a link in the chat room? You stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that was awful. But <laughs> yeah, That's that yeah, fake stuff, girl. right? <laughs> But uh, you fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, but she yeah, she gotta get that fixed because not only is that just constant pain, but like yeah, that'll fuck you up in the long run. Yeah, no, but we're not saying she got hurt from WWE. Neither was she. She's just saying that she has a bad back and that and it's broken. Yeah, she didn't suffer her. It, she wasn't talking about traveling in the US. Yeah, there was no the there USC. Was no, she fought once a year. Yeah, she just talked about the travel. She talked you know, about the travel when she no, was nobody, wrestling. She's not finger pointing. Nobody was finger pointing in that article. <laughs> she didn't. Nobody made her pay for her travel to UFC. <laughs> Come on, now we experienced that run. You can't tell us nothing. <laughs> I was there watching her tap, watching watching her fucking tap people out in first rounds. Yeah. Now traveling I was first also class, you're still sitting. Travel. I mean, how classy do you think first class is? Do you think it's better than not traveling at all? Is that what you think? Right. Like, if you had the choice to stay at home or travel first class, you think the first class trumps being at home? Hell no. I love how it's like, she never shuts up. When the last time you heard from Rhonda? I'll wait. And her game streams don't count. Still waiting. <laughs> well, you think he can answer. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's an interesting way to think about it because I, when she, when it was first announced that she was going to start wrestling, I wondered how her body was going to handle not just being that active only one time a year and then doing it all year long. I wondered how that, how that switch up was going to affect her. Cause like, yeah, that's a dramatic change up to go from fighting once, maybe twice in a 12 month period to you're fighting three and four times a week, every week for a calendar year. Yeah. But having a broken back, even if you were fighting every 10 years in great. Oh yeah, for sure. Stasis asked why he doesn't like any women. Why George doesn't like any women. He hates Brit. Doesn't like Ronda. Well, no, he likes Thunder the Rose. But you then got, again, you got to redeem I, yourself now, George. That would pretty much be rock bottom for me. A woman asking me, hey, why don't you like any women? <laughs> exactly. You got to do more than just Thunder Rosa. Come on now. That's one. 
At the point where a chick asks you, why don't you like any women? That's when you have to take the Ryu exit. You know, the... Like, <laughs> <laughs> you fucking stupid. Instead of putting on the bandana, he's pulling up his pants. Buckling his pants. And he walks up to the sun. You could ruin that whole ending if his pants being pulled up and buckled instead of a red bandana on the forehead. I was just playing Street Fighter Five earlier. Why would you do that to me? Oh, my God. Oh, man. That's if we still did drops for people, imagine that, right? Shout out in the chat room to George. Do, 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 that would be it. That would be it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, so and uh, the other the other thing that she was saying about, uh, before you say, you know, Stasis was just implying that maybe someone from a higher group than the uh, than AEW themselves, maybe something in the thesis that maybe someone in the government just doesn't want that information about who's dying if it's a get out. And I'm sure they don't either, but they don't control that. You know. But Rhonda, yeah, I hope, ah, I don't even know what you do to fix a broken back. You'd have to get some kind of surgery. I would have never guessed she had a broken back, dude. She doesn't come off as humble at all. <laughs> you never really hear her talk about it much. That's the first time I really heard her mention that he got pain like this. That was a softball joke for anybody that is. You stupid. <laughs> I do that sounded familiar. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, we're going to move on. This should have been an injury road. We don't do those anymore, but this is practically an injury road here. Because you uh, still have that drop? We do. I don't know. You want to get that old school? I don't want to do it. Not in today's age, man. Yeah. Screw that shit. Yeah. So, so Candice LeRae spoke to PW Insider and, uh, she basically debunked the rumor that her arm was broken and she said it's a deep tissue it's it was deep tissue all the cartilage and stuff just got mushed and i mean for days after i went up to people like it's not broken and medical staff were like that's so crazy because everybody was convinced that it was broken i'm trying not to cry when they're telling me it's broken because i'm like i want kids i don't have time i don't have to take any time off right now we got to keep this show going and there's still a part of me going, maybe it's not broken because my body has endured a lot of things. I'm almost 18 years old doing this. Maybe it's not broken. But it wasn't. So there you go. Well, hey, no break. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, who wouldn't like Candice LeRae? There's another woman that you like. I Which, again, it has nothing to do with NXT. I've been Candice LeRae. Right, I've been pro It's not even a brand thing. Which all I'm saying, Ivelisse, Diamante. I was pro Candice before they had their current NXT. And there are videos on the Talkbrunch Facebook page of me with my camera videoing Candace wrestling the Young Bucks before any of this, before and any George, of this craze, before people seen. were too sweeting each other and there were Bullet Club or any of that, <laughs> before any of this was a thing, any it was a thing for us. So, yeah, you know, Candace is another person you could, that I've always said, and, I, and I'm glad I said it. I'm glad going back six years of Talk Brunch, you can find audio of me saying that she was going to be a big star and that she was going to definitely be here. And that when you guys saw her, it was going to be great. And I went on and on on many episodes about how amazing she is. And she is. Good for her. Good for her. And you haven't even seen the best of her yet. So you can get ready for that. Oh, yeah. You know, so I'm glad that she's okay. Um, I have, who is this dude here? We have uh, Septimo Dragon. Is that his name? Septimo Dragon. Septimo Dragon. 
MLW Septimo Dragon was rushed to the hospital after a motorcycle accident in Mexico, and he's in surgery. This was 14 hours ago. So, uh, thoughts and prayers, and I hope everything's okay with him. I don't like motorcycles because of that. You see how quickly you could go from a person on a motorcycle to a person in the hospital? That's way too fast. Fucking way, 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 way too fast. <laughs> you said motorcycle accident. I had instant railroad flashbacks. Yeah, I remember, man. I remember, I remember that happening. But, uh, yeah. So, I hope that's all right, because this was only a little while ago. That was actually, was, it was a little bit longer. It might be 20 or so, if not more. I was 24 hours ago, so I'll try to give you guys an update next week for that. Goes. I guess I'm trying to get the morbid news out of the way. What do you mean? Why does she wear a neck brace in the heart? Doesn't 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 she? Uh, didn't she have something happen to her neck? Yeah. There was like a storyline or something, wasn't there? Yeah. See, how do you go shit on all these people in AEW? You can't keep up storylines, man. What you doing, bro? No, but Indy's NXT anyway. Yeah, Indy's NXT, <laughs> but he just keeps going back to the AEW girls. It's like, yo, we're not even talking about AEW right now. That's why they have to come up. We've praised girls there before. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. Uh, and another bit of wrestling news here, Danny Hodge, Danny Hodge has passed away, 88 years old, lived the full life, life, obviously, he had Alzheimer's, uh, you know, William Regal said, I've just seen the saddening news from my friend, Gerald Briscoe, that the legendary Danny Hodge has passed away. Please take the time to Google this incredible man and his career, both in wrestling and boxing. I always love talking to him. My deepest condolences to his family. He was trained by Leroy McGurk and Ed Strangler Lewis. He started in 1959. Uh, yeah, and uh, he was a seven-time NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion. So thank you to him. Way past our generation, but thank you for his contribution to the, to the business. Or way before our generation, rather. 88 Jesus and so what will be health news and health scares and hospitals without me adding the cherry on the top to the end the one that you've all been waiting for right the one you've all been holding your breath about you know the saga that you all kind of knew we'd eventually have to discuss is probably starting now but Vince McMahon is not in good health at least that's the early word coming out in the last couple of days and uh the only re- real indication we have, and this person doesn't really have any reason to uh, bullshit because they don't really bullshit. And that's why I like having shoots from people don't bullshit because Ryback tweeted and he said, despite the pain and frustration the WWE has caused me since walking away, I want to send love their way towards Vince McMahon as I've heard his health isn't great these days. Hopefully he can find the strength to overcome so he can witness me kicking his ass fully for, for hashtag Ryback. And uh, yeah, that is oh. not good. Not good at all. Yeah. Vince, yeah, please I don't think, I don't get think well that's soon. cool, George. But, you know, it's not derogatory. You haven't said you're entitled to your opinion, man. We're free speech here. So even though I don't agree with it or don't like it, you haven't said anything derogatory or line crossing. So, I mean, do you? But still, not cool. But, uh, but I don't think that uh, anyone should uh, be happy about anything. Because uh, it's a simple matter of removing him from management or from his role if anyone didn't feel he was confident enough to do it and then I, at the end of the day I have to ask myself who uh, who who makes that call who has the right to make that call I would like to think not just for Vince but for anybody that if I spent my entire life building something from out of nothing and fighting in lawsuits and in courts and in battles and spending staying up all day and night and dedicating every moment of my fucking life to it that my age wouldn't be factored into somebody being able to just quote unquote fucking decide that it's not mine anymore. 
whether they like what I'm doing with it or not. If I built this shit from the ground up and before this, there was nothing. And thanks to this, there's not only more, but there's everything, everything, AEW, TNA, you name it. Everything is here because of something that I did. Yeah, there was wrestling before this, but was it in the mainstream? Was it on television? No. Everything that you are criticizing and enjoying, everything that you were, that you were involved in is all here because of something that this guy created. And it Wait, wasn't like it or not, Vince was the catalyst. And it wasn't like him and other people. This is his stuff from beginning to end, including a lot of the people that he turned into stars and their gimmicks, the way things are done, the way cameras are set up, the formula that you were looking at was done by this man. And that doesn't mean that I agree with his booking or his philosophies right now or think that the company's in a good direction. All I'm saying is all that shit aside. I'd like to think that in this country and even in this world, that if you build something from the ground up, even if you use 25% of your time on this earth to do it, and it's all you, no one can come in this one day and be like, you're too old and you're not doing the thing that you created from the ground up to our standards anymore. And that's if you did 25% of your time. This man takes every waking moment of his existence to this company and everything that he did. You could think that it sucks, but for us to just be able to vote the guy out, I think is really shit. That don't watch. Happening. Don't watch his product. Make it go out of business, but with your money, you know, make them see that the that the ratings go to the other company. Do what you have to do. But oh, I wish he died so that the thing that he created they wouldn't be here without him, including the what will will uh will lose to the other thing that also wouldn't be here without him. You know what I mean? So no, I can't agree with that philosophy. I and I've always said that he's the greatest. If I was to take the promotion part of Vince McMahon out of the equation. He is still one of the greatest, if not the greatest heel of all time, character wise. He's still a creative mind. One of the most creative minds in the business. And if I took both of those titles away from him, he's still probably the greatest promoter in the history of the world. And I can probably still keep taking titles away from him. And any titles that remain are still higher functions than most of the staff that he has around him right now. You could just be the greatest promoter in the world, and that's good enough. You could just be the greatest heel in the business, and that's good enough. You see what I mean? You could just be the greatest creative mind in the business, and that's also good enough. But you got a guy who's done all three, and we were able to say those three really big prestigious things without even factoring in the fact that he fucking created it all. So, you know, I don't I don't really care. Like, I kind of feel like the best way for this to be handled is... Don't watch it, you know, handle civilly. Let them have reactions. Turn it off. You know, but no, I don't want anything bad happening to anybody. Like at the end of the day, Vince, yeah, feel better soon, you know, like very soon. God forbid anything, despite how I ever feel about this company, God forbid anything ever happen to that man. We got like 48 hours. My instincts tell me that. It's the toughest 48 hours probably of your lives coming up. I don't care where you are or who you are. Heed my warning. If you look at the way that this year has gone, you have 48 hours. If you've ever played a horde bay shooter, this is that last 30 seconds before the drop ship comes in. When they really amp it up and all of the enemies are coming from everywhere because you got to get to that fucking drop ship. They're giving you that last few seconds, that clutch, that clutch. Write it down. That clutch. That clutch. We're right there, man. 
don't take in don't roll any dice right now don't do any like let's just fucking hold our breath and make it through this please yeah feel i mean because you gotta think about it with all those favorites that we've talked about not one of them would be in the wwe if it wasn't for vince not one of these amazing some of these amazing ideas these amazing matches none of the shit would happen if it wasn't for vince it's like i've said before you see the people who are only around when something gets fucked up to talk about Vince, but then their favorite thing happens and no word of Vince. It's Vince regardless. So if you're going to bitch about him, understand on that next instance, you're going to thank him too. All this shit is here because of him. At the end of the day, he was the catalyst for the impacts, for the AEWs, for the all these different companies that are starting to thrive now. They're trying to get to his level. But why? It's because he set that fucking bar. Like, there's Vince McMahon, and then there's not Vince McMahon, and there's a reason for that shit. And it's because the man has gone balls to the wall all these years. So, yeah, you can't just tell him, hey, time to go. And and I and I know age is just a number, and I don't really want to pull rank, but I kind of just feel like I've been watching these people. I've grown up with these people longer than almost anybody, like, within our community. You know, I just kind of get annoyed when I hear people like, oh, I wish this person was dead or I wish that person like, no, man, fuck you. I just mean that generally, not anyone specific. I'm just like, no, man. Yeah. No, no, no. All right. Well, exactly. It's just like, no, go cool. I was going to say, yeah, it's just like, it's not cool. Because if you were in the same situation, you would not want somebody to think the same of you. Hell no, you wouldn't. Like, who would? You know? All right. Well, I'm going to take a quick, probably 60 second intermission here because we're going to just to let the airwaves cool down from all of the negativity we're going to do some christmas news and then we're going to also we have some interesting shoot news and stuff that's happened uh in in regards to what's going to happen with wwe creative what's going to happen with all of the 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 different things in the company the changes that they're going to be making to maybe help people like george uh start to enjoy the product again but uh with that yeah 60 seconds, we'll be right back. Got a mouthful of something to say? Let the guys know. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to us on YouTube. TalkBrunch.com Alright, well, it's Talk Brunch Live, and you know what that means. I'm going to try to... uh lift our spirits up a little bit here enjoy some of the uh, the festivities I thought this was kind of a funny video here this is apparently Johnny Gargano uh, took this video basically he says Candace got me a fancy new camera for Christmas because I have high hopes of exploring different avenues of creating more content in the future for you guys this was the first video I took, apparently. Good start. So I guess it's he doesn't even realize that the camera's on because he's just he just now holds holding this camera. And he doesn't know what he's doing. Let me see this. Oh, God. 
Oh, I, oh, I didn't mean to report. I just, I think, aren't you? Or no? Yeah, I am. I oh. didn't mean to do it, though. <laughs> I love that. I can't with Gargano. I can't, man. I can't. I love how she ducked out of the shot, right? He's making me laugh more on NXT than almost anybody else right now. It's fucking nuts. Oh, man. I shared that with you guys. He, he looks like that dad that wouldn't know what to do with the Christmas video. Right. Oh, boy. I've never been a camera person, man. Those things are just weird. Me, it's kind of off and on. It depends on the situation. Like, and if that, somebody needs me to wield the camera, I could do it. But it's just like, I'm not volunteering for it. And that's the thing. I always I always envy people who do that because, to me, there's never a situation that's not awkward to do a camera thing. There's only one of two ways to do a camera thing the way people do it nowadays. One is to be around a bunch of people that you're hanging out with, chilling, and being like, hey, guys. Let's take a picture. Actually, so there's three ways, which to me was just a weird out of character thing to be around a bunch. Hey, guys, let's all take a picture together. Group, come on, guys, get in there. Um, Click, click. The other way would be to be with someone else and be like, hey, can you take a picture of me? Also fucking weird. And then the third way would be I'm all by myself. May as well take a picture. Who has these three scenarios fucking happen to them? <laughs> It's been racking my brains for years, and I feel like nobody will say it. How do you not force one of those three scenarios? <laughs> you see what I mean? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying we had to force one of them when I was on vacation, but we kind of had to be like, hey, take a picture. But that's <gasps> different, like, if it's a... Uh, oh, you mean just, like, out of nowhere, or just, like, poof, take a picture of I guess. I guess in a family setting. But you know what? In the family setting, it's even weirder. Because you're all getting together to take this picture. You know what it looks like? It looks like uh, that that commercial flag that they put in the middle of Dragon Ball GT. The whole... Dun, 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 no. Where they all pose with the fucking dinosaur in the back and they all get in this little buggy. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> it's like, this is what our characters have become. <laughs> I hear it all you ass. <laughs> this is what our great warrior character is what our Z fighters become dun, 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 and all driving off together in a little thing. <laughs> There's a picture out there right now of me, my dad, and two of my uncles. I can't look at it anymore because you <laughs> Glad I saw it before you fuck that one up for me. <laughs> I, I feel like I gotta put that on the fucking screen now, dude. Is there a way I could get that? Fuck it, right? Like you might as well. <laughs> But that's the whole thing with me and pictures and selfies and things like that. It's kind of like, you know, it's just weird having your face in here, having just grill in there. Is this you know, it? In the shot. Was that? He looks. I don't know if you've ever seen it happen on Facebook. He looks like when your kid gets a hold of your phone and takes a picture. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh no! Oh, here we go. <laughs> Thank you Johnny for the follow, Ortiz. Johnny Ortiz. Man, that thing is just going off today. You know, that might be the 10th one this ring. All kinds of stuff. Thank you, guys. Go fuck around at this rate. It's going to be the new intro and shit. The intro will just be for the, the yeah, just be drop of this. It'll just be the whole intro will just be shit catching up. Yeah, long like, enough. Fuck it. We could just go and have a drink. Just sit back and have a drink and just let the let the thing. No, I'm not going to get that cocky Yo, about I it. was half tempted to grab one in the middle of that earlier. But I was like, nah, I can't make it back in time. I want to see if this is the thing that I'm looking for. No, 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 no,
turn it off, turn it off. Stop it. Ew, you pulled the GT one? Ew. What's the one I was looking for, but not the American? I forget you guys grew up with that shitty one. We'll do it later. I keep forgetting that that even exists. So funny, man. It's bad that I instantly recognized it. Yeah, you know, you have to go That's with that. The second time that shit happened, because before I think you actually, I think it was like, we talked about the impact announcer guy that died. And then, like, I guess you accidentally played something like a week later and I instantly recognize it. I do that shit all the time. And it's fucking terrible. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, good old Gargano has his face in the camera. The shit he does with the way on NXT, it kills me. It's creepy and funny all at the same time. I can't wait to talk about what they did, what they did this week. Holy shit. Yeah, nah. Everything this week has been very interesting. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's move on from Gargano. We can't spend all this time on the Gargano way. We'll get into that later on, too. I almost did. I almost fucking did. Lacey Evans for Christmas. I think this is pretty nice. This is sweet. You know she's going to do something with her kid, obviously, being the loving mother that she is. Lacey Evans has guns with her daughter's face on them. These are nice. That's that's cute. (laughs) That's dope. (laughs) That is awesome. That's cute. I want one now. You look. You can make some money off of that shit. What if everybody has has Lacey Evans' kid on their on their gun? I mean, not necessarily Lacey Evans' kid, but it's like your custody. <laughs> they have it, like you can swap the shit out into. Yeah, no, that's that's stylish, man. You know, see, but the whole thing, and this is what concerns me. I'm not opposed to having like a like if I have a daughter, I, I'm not opposed to having her face on my guns. As a matter of fact, I think that that's really, uh that's a nice sentiment. But I would just kind of feel like I would be dishonoring her if I didn't shoot at least somebody. You know what I mean? Oh, you got to cap somebody. Ain't no yeah, you know what I mean? Out. Like, how shitty would it be to put my daughter on that? And I, say, I have to at least kill one guy. Somebody take it too long at the DMV. You put one in the back of his noodle. Mama says hi. Poof. Yeah, got to do something for it. You know, it's kind of like now I have this obligation. I have this moral obligation. Like my kids on my gun. I don't want to go out like a bitch, you know? So do I rob a store? Do I or do I, or do I wait for someone to rob me? Or like like how do how do we get this happening? I need to get the stigma off of me. My kids on my gun. Write that down. My kids on my gun. I'll tell you exactly what you do. I'm gonna tell you exactly what you fucking do. You catch that guy at the CVS. No, no. I get the one better because I've experienced this shit. You catch that guy who goes into like a dine-in place and he's bitching about somebody in the back not wearing a mask and he doesn't even so much have a mask anywhere near him. You cap that motherfucker. Oh, man. Where's your mask? Kneecaps. Poof. I have a picture and I haven't decided if I want to share it or not because it's the holidays. Maybe that's just a good side of me if there even is one. But I have a picture from when I was traveling the train of an MTA worker on the train without his mask. And I'm just thinking to myself, while you guys are finding people and enforcing mask wearing, one of your own that runs these subways that's on the train sitting across from me has no mask on. And I'm in a really bad mood. You're lucky I didn't Spider-Man to you. I could have fucking Dr. Octopus over to you and thrown you into the... (laughs) First of all, the fact that you said there's still a good side of you is probably the greatest oxymoron I've heard since Jumbo Shrimp. All right. <laughs> but I saw him. I took a picture. I took video. And I was just like, look at him. Look at this guy. Motherfucker. At the end of the ride, though, he had a mask on, but that doesn't matter. At the beginning of it, you didn't. This isn't temporary. Half the fucking time you're in a mask? The cool isn't waiting for you at the end of the ride, sir. 
We have all these psychopaths yeah, that are pushing people onto the tracks. I've, I pointed that out to you guys before. I kind of feel like, you know, not for nothing. I don't want you to push anybody. But if you have to, could you pick and choose a little bit better? You're going to go for the sweet little old lady versus the dickhead with the no mask? With no fucking mask? Eating a fucking Dunkin' Donut? Super kick people into that shit. Don't. <laughs> I do not mean that. Please, please. This is satire. <laughs> I'm not catching heat because motherfuckers started catching super kicks onto the tracks. <laughs> I don't want people to take my shit literally anymore. I have enough shit going on in the world right now. I have enough heat of my own. Good God. That'd be very great shit to hear in a courtroom. Well, Rick Dahl, I talk person. He told me to super kick them onto the tracks. He had a picture of guns on, said I should put my kids on them. <laughs> you know, I get the Charles Manson rap like, no, he didn't actually interact and do anything with the crime, but he just fucking influenced these guys. They're walking around, cult of people with double nine millimeters with their children on their fucking, on, on the holsters. Taking people like, on the tracks. And next thing you know, a decade later, I see 19 documentaries that you on fucking Tubi. Yeah, they Tiger King me. Oh, shit. <laughs> I hope th- don't you fucking let them Tiger King you. Don't Tiger King me. Write don't it down. <laughs> <laughs> There's another one for the history books right there. Don't Tiger King me. Please. Oh, man. Yes, that came from her Instagram. What do you mean that she really posted guns? Yeah, those were her yeah. guns. This really happened. We say, I'll just make this shit up. We ain't got that good Photoshop around here. And it's not even like she, because you know, I, I know you're expecting what does she type. She didn't type shit. Sometimes they just. She put, literally post- just put that picture there of guns. It wasn't like got these from because of no nothing. Just a picture with no words uploaded to her Instagram of those guns. So we know that she got them. And that's all that matters. Merry Christmas, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Now put the goddamn milk down. <laughs> right? <laughs> Pointing the gun at him. Put the fuck. Uh, you get one goddamn cu- Fuck. <laughs> Run your gingerbread cookies. <laughs> Run your eggnog. Right? <laughs> you get two sips and that's it. This is you like. You get three, I'm blasting. It's the equivocal to the movie Alive, but with eggnog instead of wine. Oh, you, you each get two sips and a square of chocolate. <laughs> And then after that, you can eat each other or you can eat me. You ain't getting shit after that. Right, Stacey? Don't cook it up for Santa. Not you. You got cookies in the goddamn cabinet. Okay. I wish it was Christmas all year long. I'm like Foley now. I just always want it to be Christmas. I'll never run out of material. Infinite material just by the existence of Christmas. Let's be real. I don't run that shit year round. Christmas is just when I have extra. It's Christmas, and you know what that means. <laughs> so, all right, another news. Is it bad that I was waiting for the Hulkster flow drop? The <laughs> yeah, way it you really set is. That up, I thought it was coming. Like, amongst all of this, you would expect one of those. That is unbelievable, right, dude. That is unbelievable. Like, amongst all the freaking chaos. But no, unfortunately, that's not what I was going for. Oh, did I just knock my. I just knocked my audio loose. Give me a second here. Okay. Sorry, guys. Is that when you do it live? Yeah, we do do it live. Unfortunately, now it's do-do live until I get this shit fixed. There we go. There, I got it. Uh, there we go. I somewhat have it. Yeah, but I, I loosened the cord and I fucked myself over. So just bear with me. Yeah. It's that bullshit. Yeah, it is that bullshit. You know what, how that happens. Oh, yeah. You've been there before. He's been there with me when I've had to do this off of the air. <laughs> oh, that's always a fucking adventure. 
That's unbelievable. I understood some of the shit we have to do before we before that type of thing goes live. It's damn near a ritual at this point, right? Yeah, I'm good now. I'm good. I'm good. I apologize to that. That was how unprofessional of me. Anyway, where was I going with this? Oh yes, it's Christmas, and you know what that means. I got a flow. You got a what? I got a Are flow. I got a flow. You got a flow. So let it go. Yeah, brother. <laughs> so. <laughs> I was joking. Hogan, among the shitty 2020 that we've had, is doing great. This is Hogan's year. I need y'all to understand. I was completely bullshit when I said that shit oh, was gonna come. It's Christmas, man. It's magic. So, uh, holy shit! He tweets, "There's only one place to hang out on the beach, and that's right here at Hogan's Hangout. Come in off of Clearwater Beach and enjoy the best beach eats and drinks, brother." Enjoy two floors of the coolest destinations on the beach. We offer an extensive menu with something for everyone and drinks you will never forget. Don't miss out on your chance to own the limited collection of exclusive Hogan's Hangout merch. From shirts to Hogan's signature bicep mug. Even in the middle of a pandemic, brother. No, he didn't say that part. He didn't say that part. <laughs> no, sometimes Hogan don't be giving this shit. That might A, be, be good or B, be bad. But I'm just saying, why are you allowed to have a beach place that you can hang out at? Do you, Hogan, do you want to have a beach place? Then he sends out another tweet and he says, a little birdie told me that Hogan's hangout may or may not be live for the weekend for the ultimate beach bumps to get first crack at the limited collection, brother. And uh, this is the picture of some of the limited merchandise that he sent out with that tweet. There you go. Ooh. That is what it looks like. It looks like the weirdest bald head you've ever seen in your life. You know what the bad part about it is? I get a kick out of it every time you fucking play that song. Because, Just of, because the, of those two times you troll the fucking chat room. Oh, man. It's still a greatest fucking thing. <laughs> what you gonna do, brother, when COVID comes for you? I can't remember who the fuck it was wrestling. This fucker played that shit in the chat room when everybody lost their shit for like a quick second. <laughs> yeah. It might be fucking AC to win. Oh, shit! Oh God! Mm-hmm. But it's huge, like holy shit! Yep, it's straight out of that new WWE game, Battlegrounds. That's what it looks like. Oh, you know you're not wrong. But the fun doesn't end there for Hogan. Merry Christmas again, motherfuckers! Because he put Santa just bought me the new Dodge Red Eye Eye Wide Body Brother. Merry Christmas! And there he is with his new car, dude. And there were all the screenshots of the mileage and the freaking horsepower and all this other shit that we're not going to share on here, brother. Jack. You see, this is a positive Hulkster flow. You thought that when you heard that Hulkster flow drop that it meant that we were going to bury the guy. But now he's going to be the only person that ends 2020 on a high note. Hey, somebody has to. I guess, right? After all of that, isn't it? Isn't it interesting? So, Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, Hogan, motherfucker. The people who think you're racist are still mad. So, hey, I guess everybody wins on that one. Yeah, well, those people are also still dumb. So, they're just staying where they are. There's nothing wrong with that. Stay in the corner. Yeah, Ray's daughter did get a car. We talked about that on here. Yeah. And she's hot. So, that's two, Hogan. Two, one. Next, you know, you hear somebody call her, she's underage. Shut two, two, one, Aaliyah Mysterio. Is she underage? No, she's not, right? No, no. No, she's not. Of course she's not. Why would I even think that? She has a fucking car. It's fine. Anyway. 
So, uh, Peyton Royce apparently showed up on uh, a video where she was trying to cook something and Gordon Ramsay video bombed her. Is this real? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? I have a look. Gordon, mate, how you doing? Peyton Royce. Peyton, uh, today show me what you got. Okay, two slices of bread. Yeah, nice shirt. Love that. Okay, good. Um, if you don't make something delicious, then I'll stick those slices of bread on your bloody ears. Butter. Okay, smart. Again. No, stop it. Sprinkles. No, no, girl, you've lost the plot. Hey, ready? Are you serious? Step one, stop. kind of into soldiers. What? Soldiers? With sprinkles? Girl, you've been out of the ring too long. You've gone all rusty. Oh, come on. I'm going to stick those slices of bread no. on your bloody no. ears. No. Come on! Damn. <laughs> you can see he wanted to reach through the fucking thing. <laughs> He said that shit. I had instant flashbacks. That one Asian girl. What are you, an idiot sandwich? <laughs> All right. Well, in our next set of good news, Teal Piper, Roddy Piper's daughter, got engaged. Hell yeah! To Damos, and this happened at ARW, Atomic Revolutionary Wrestling. I don't know exactly who this guy is. I'm assuming he's another wrestler. Um, so Teal Piper. Is there an indie video of this? We got an indie video on our program? Yeah, we got a video on our program. Let's have a look at Teal Piper getting engaged, guys. I'm going to share it to you guys listening on the iTunes iHeartRadio. It's been insane. We've rehabbed. We've trained. We couldn't quite tell you. Ladies and 
congratulations to them. Yeah. Stacey said, uh, I would take her last name. Um, yeah, and you know what? As a female wrestler, there's an opportunity there with that last name. Shirts, merchandising. She needs to capitalize and come out with the shirt Eyed Piper. Think about it. Eyed Piper. <laughs> Literally. Have a little cartoon version of her. You were going there. And go Eyed Piper. Do you, Piper? Eyed Piper. Raleigh laughed. Eyed Piper. Oh. What? I just think Fuck it's a good gimmick write it for down. Her. Write it down. Fuck it. No, that can't be the title of the name. I want it to be her her gimmick. Right, it'll be the great. Oh my god, they get over so quick. Yeah. Would you Piper? I Piper. Do you Piper? Oh my god, you Piper. That is some that is some marketing right there. All right. Well, as we leave 2020 behind and we look back at all the shit and ugliness of it all. What better thing to look back at than WWE's list of the top 25 matches of 2020? So I want to hear what we think of this list with number 25 coming in with Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak in the Elimination Chamber. We'll be quick because there's 25 of these. Um, And yeah, I think that's a really good match for that to be 25, to be honest, in this year. Then I can't wait to hear what 24 through 20 through through one are because I'm man. That would have been higher on my 25. Yeah. 24 is a five-way ladder match for the vacant NXT North American title. NXT TakeOver 30. I don't remember exactly how that match ended or who won or anything, but I do remember NXT that one, TakeOver. That, that, that was the one when um, Priest won it. Oh, yeah. That was a decent match. I, I like yeah, it. That was a good one. The only thing is, the only reason I would have put that one at 25 is because it wasn't as crazy as the first one when they decided the first champion. Yeah. I think just with the way I like wrestling, having Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak at 25, somewhere on this list, probably towards the top five they're probably going to break it because for that to be down there i'm wondering what the top five are anyway number three tony storm versus kaylee ray the nxt uk women's title i quit match from nxt uk february 27th that match was brutal as all hell i didn't see it but uh i'm yeah. not surprised it's on that list okay so you think that's good uh yeah, 20- actually uh, mm-hmm. briefly into it I had a really cool bit of storytelling where uh piper being still tony's friend at that time had to beg tony to quit because tony was damn near willing to die and not quit that match gotcha next we have uh, biggie versus sheamus false count anywhere match smacked on october 9th yeah really good match it was a uh, definitely a little bit of a kickstarter for biggie for um after he got split from the new day mm-hmm. that's not a little obscure but i'll let it i'll let it pass yeah. 21 is Riddle versus Timothy Thatcher, NXT Fight Pit. This was the May 27th edition of NXT. That one was a good match. That was quite a, um, I guess, a, a, I guess you could almost call it a homecoming for a Thatcher. Yeah. For people who hadn't seen him before. Number 20 is the Universal Championship, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso at Clash of Champions. I would put that one higher up on the list just because it was the first time we really got to see how good this new Roman is. Roman versus Jay should have been somewhere in the top five for this year. Yeah. Oh, hands. Know, maybe they're saving like, it for one of their other times they 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 wrestled. But yeah, Roman yeah. versus Jay at Clash. I thought that would be higher. I would have put that one higher than the Hell in the Cell one, honestly. Yeah. Number nineteen, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania thirty six. Mm, I'd have put that one at maybe a couple of spots higher, but yeah, definitely needs to be on that list. I mean, it was Owens. I think his first WrestleMania win. So, and I mean, he jumped off the sign. So. Yeah, that was cool. I did like that. And I remember the, the, the talk about that happening. This was, this was, uh, I mean, they did what they could, man. WrestleMania 36 is a mess. Exactly. You know, I remember they even talked about in, in the day of 
Owens literally said, he's like, I'm dumb enough to fucking sign. You know, I, can't, I can't, I can't even discredit, man. We were, it was the beginning of what we've experienced now for what's going to be a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we didn't even think we were going to get WrestleMania. And even though it was bittersweet, they did what they could. And I was glad that yeah. we had that. They gave us all, they gave us all they could give us. So, yeah. Number 18 is the NXT Championship Fatal 4-Way Iron Man match NXT Super Tuesday. Is this the one that nobody won? Yeah, this is the one where Balor and Cole tied. So then we could have a match the following week to find out. Yeah, fuck them. How's yeah. that even up there? They wasted our Tuesday. It's not even a day that they, but they don't even go here. And then they wind up using that shit to then knock it down to two people so we have to watch the following week too? That was just more of their failed I wouldn't put that anywhere. I wouldn't put that anywhere. Didn't I don't like need it. failed attempts to beat AEW on that list. I don't <laughs> need to see four like a whole spot fest for four hour, for fucking an hour between these four guys four hour indie fest or four fatal four way indie fest no thank you wwe champion drew mcintyre defending against seth rollins in money in the bank i don't remember too much about that match really no i really don't either i mean i remember i do remember some of it i remember like the feud building up to it but that was about it yeah i mean i don't remember it being bad but Anyway, 16. Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai NXT Women's Championship match, NXT Halloween Havoc. That was very good. That match was great. Was very, Those very two solid. have not had a bad match together. Yeah, very good, very good. 15. Men's and Women's Money in the Bank ladder matches were put together in one spot for WWE Money in the Bank. I can't put those up there. I mean, I... Oh, my God. See, the, see, certain ones in these matches where it's just like, there was... Especially for what, how things are now. No, no. Don't mind me. Just open it up. Freaking piece of chocolate. <laughs> yeah, I treat so hard to get through that one. Yeah, I, I really did. Um, number 14 was the Men's Royal Rumble match. Who won that again? That was when Drew won, but it was only half of a Royal Rumble because they just had Brock Mania for the first half. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that thing nobody asked for. Yeah, no. Shouldn't be up there. Not, not, not even at 30. Like, no. Uh, what is this? We got here. Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens TLC match that just happened. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that one was really good. Shoot, that one I would, I would, I would that one I would even put in maybe the top ten or top five. Yeah, I can't wait to see what their top ten are because they're wasting all their good ones. Oh God! Number twelve was the Triple Threat NXT Women's Title match NXT Takeover in your house. That was, was really a good one. That, that was uh, that was Charlotte, Rhea, and Io. Oh yeah, yeah that 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 was that was where it became my whole issue with them having. Rhea battling Charlotte and then losing because wasn't that was that match, like Charlotte's like first or second defense. Wasn't that literally Rhea's decline from that point forward? Oh no, Rhea's decline started right after they just fed her to Charlotte. I gotcha. Okay. It was instant. <laughs> she bounced back quite a bit, but yeah. 11 to Keith Lee versus Adam Cole, baby. Winner take all match NXT Great American Bash. So that was 11? Yeah, I can see that. I'm hoping this top 10 is magical because. That match was great. <laughs> is that where Keith Lee wins? Yeah, that was when Keith, that was when Keith Lee uh got both championships. That was historical. I remember what a big deal that day was. And that brings us to the top ten. So what's going to top these? NXT Championship Finn Battle defending against Kyle O'Reilly at NXT Takeover Thirty One. Good, that very good. Be higher. That should be higher. Number nine, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte NXT Women's Championship match WrestleMania Thirty Six. So I feel like that one's up there because of the history of it being the first time the NXT, uh, NXT Championship was defended at WrestleMania. It's amazing how there's multiple WrestleMania 36 matches on this, and I almost just want to forget about WrestleMania 36. No offense to anyone right. who worked on it, but it just wasn't the greatest WrestleMania for many reasons. Some of them not to even do with them, but 
I don't really like looking back at how great the empty arena matches were that we were having like almost a month into not knowing what the fuck our futures were. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I just, I just not feeling these matches, not those. Um, and we already have Charlotte and Rhea Ripley on this list for a match. They could have just not had that, in my opinion. Yeah. Especially because it just, it wound up going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Walter versus, uh, what is this? Ela Dragunov. Ela Dragunov. That one. Yeah, you, you keep up with the UK stuff. This NXT Holy UK Championship, October 29th edition. That, well, that's my match of the year. Holy shit. Because I, I briefly talked about it, but one thing I forgot to mention that made that match so good they were not only beating the holy high hell out of each other, there were points where they were just hitting each other and then talking shit in each other's native language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas Walter's from Austria and Ela's from um, Russia. I remember hearing about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, man, if you ever get a chance, fucking watch that match. Yeah. yeah, I'm definitely going to have to. That brings us to number seven. WWE Championship Drew McIntyre defending against Randy Orton in the ambulance match. Class of Champions. Oh, yeah, that's the one where all the legends showed up and all beat shit out of Orton. Don't know why it's in the top ten, but okay. That's not above almost anything that we read on this list. Not really. It was an okay angle. If you like Randy Orton and you like Drew McIntyre and you like legends and you like ambulances and you like fucking night vision goggles. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know what the hell. Did the night vision goggles come like a week after it was all the same shit. You know, I mean, yeah, all the same. No, no. I, don't, I group it all together. I just don't think Drew, Drew McIntyre versus Randy. Think about the names that we we run down. No, Keith Lee and Adam no, Cole. No, and needed to be anywhere near the top ten. Yeah. Boo. See, they wasted. They're, they're ready. I'm getting nervous as we get to the top five. They're fucking up slots. This thing's way up there. Suck. They needed there. Number six, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles Intercontinental Championship match on SmackDown June 12th. And you know what, man? I, I trust Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. I'm going to assume it was great, but they're picking an obscure SmackDown from June 12th. I'll have to take their word for it. See, yeah. See, the bad part is that was a pay-per-view main event level match that was on SmackDown. Because I remember that one. But there's always been this saying that this is an old school saying, but no one's really going to ever remember the match that you had on Monday Night Raw, unfortunately. They'll always remember for the rest of their lives, the match you had at WrestleMania. And that's just the way that it is. And there's nothing taking nothing away from these matches, but the company knows this. And this is the reason why they push people so selectively. Danny Bryan, AJ Styles having a match on SmackDown June 12th. I'll literally have to go back and watch it. Oh, yeah. Th- this match should have been on WrestleMania. That's how good it was. Yeah. And that happens a lot with SmackDown. I've seen it happen many a time. Many a time. Sometimes the match was going to be on WrestleMania and it happened on SmackDown instead. I've gone through that many a year. Um... Number five, here we go, guys. Top five. Let's see what they give us. We got Intercontinental Championship ladder match, Clash of Champions. Who was in that again? Okay, was that that? I think was that. I don't think what that was. Uh, Zayn, AJ, and Jeff. I think. Okay. Yeah. See, these are some of them. I remember some of them. I really don't. Yeah. But it's in the top five. You would think that I would, right? Right. Like if it's in the top five, that's like holy shit. Why wasn't this? this like... Why isn't it ringing a, a, a distinctive bell, spots, or anything? Some of the other ones did. Anyway, four, Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns, Survivor Series. No. Just no, right? No. No. <laughs> That's not fucking good. That top I don't even have to tell you why. Just no. 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 Number three. No, you, you, they're telling me that beat out Walter and Ela Dragunov. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. doesn't make a single drop of sense. Walter and Ela almost kill each other for an hour. Just so fucking Roman. No, no. Oh man, number that three. Lost all of its credibility. It already did. It, it, it did like I did. It fell apart. 
Number three, top three matches. Here we go. Edge versus Randy Orton in the greatest wrestling match ever at Backlash. No. Because first of all, you don't build a match, the greatest wrestling match ever, before it's ever happened. And you certainly wouldn't put the greatest wrestling match ever on Backlash. I almost feel like they have their head up their own assholes to even have done something that stupid. Backlash was always considered like just the low tier pay-per-view. To the it, point it's where it's always the WrestleMania blow off pay-per-view. It's just there. No one gives a fuck about Backlash. To the point where they allowed Joey Styles to shoot on Backlash. Remember when he shoot quit on the air? And he was like, they wouldn't let me call Backlash. I wasn't good enough to call Backlash. Remember that shit? This is what was growing up for me. All Backlash meant was, all right, the pay-per-view rotation started from the beginning. Did you ever think you'd be talking about the greatest wrestling match ever on Backlash? I didn't think I'd be talking about the greatest wrestling match ever that was called that before the match even fucking started. <laughs> I didn't think a match would ever get advertised as that shit. So this list is broken. Next, we have the top two. Number two. Sure. Sasha Banks versus Bayley. SmackDown Women's Championship Hell in a Cell match. The feud itself is a top two, if not one of this year. And I do remember the match being brutal and there being a lot of stuff. That happened and I don't have any complaints about this being up there. They earned the spot, if not for the match itself, for the storytelling, you know? Yeah, definitely. Like that body of work, I think alone warrants that spot. And now that brings us to number one. What WWE considers in the midst of the worst pandemic in our generation, the greatest wrestling match of 2020. This will go down as what they considered the top of their game. This match was when they felt they peaked. And pleased everyone. I'm paraphrasing here, but that's essentially number one. The worst part about this is I know he's looking right at it. I am looking right at it. I don't know how you're going to feel. I don't know how I feel, but I will say it. Number one, Undertaker versus AJ Styles. Boneyard match. WrestleMania 36. How would I know that was going to pop up there? (laughs) Did you know? really? How would I know? Something told me. I tried to play different matches in my head that could be over there. And that was like one of the first two. Someone could have pointed a gun to my head and the stakes could have been, this can go two ways. You could name every match in 2020 that happened on a pay-per-view and we'll give you a million dollars or you'll name or you'll fail and I'll pull the trigger. And that would have been the match that got me killed. I didn't even consider that as a match. I didn't even, when I was thinking a match in my head, didn't even come up. That didn't count to my mind as a match. I can't even, it's nothing disrespectful, I get it, they did a fucking cinematic thing, but I just, when I'm thinking of matches, that didn't even naturally pop into my mind. You would have had to, at the beginning of this list, reminded me that cinematic shit counts. That's how far removed to me it is from wrestling. Which, by the way, that's what Sting said in his recent interview, that he agreed when he joined with this new contract that he will do cinematic matches, which I almost can't blame. because. Because it'll make it easier on him. It'll make it easy. And I have nothing against cinematic matches. I just wouldn't name a cinematic match the number one wrestling match of 2020. Exactly. We get it. It was Taker's last match. Yeah. That doesn't make it better. Oh, man. What the fuck? I'm even more insulted that Walter and Ela was not higher up on that list. Because apparently Drew and Roman can beat it. Drew and Roman... Why would I saw they think handprints that... on both their bodies and Drew and Roman in the cinematic match beat them. They're just so such a weird company. They 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 don't. It's almost like they're not self aware. They don't even realize that they're a wrestling company. For them to put the top fucking match as the cinematic Undertaker, which I enjoyed, but the top wrestling match of 2020, you put Io Shirai and Drew Gulak. I don't even understand. How are we in the same world? 
You know what I mean? And it's no disrespect to anybody on this list, but with the names on this list and the and the matches that I remember seeing this year, Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher, even fucking Oni Larkin and these guys. You know what I mean? Seth Rollins, fucking Adam Cole and all the the matches that we saw this year. And the Boneyard match, which was cinematic, was good. Well, if we're going to do that, then I'm going to say my number one platinum match. Was it in 2020 when uh when they brought back all of the Avengers that got turned into dust and they all fought Thanos? That might have been it, yeah. Was that it? Because that'll be my top one then. If we could just fucking count anything. Okay. I'll count the Avengers so, uh, beating up Thanos. My number one will be Freddy and Jason. Nope. Has to be 2020. Ah, uh, God damn it. That's right. Shit. Damn, I got nothing because, you know, it's a wrestling match. Yeah, everything is being banana. No, George, they don't get an OL for this shit. This is why they're garbage-ass Slammy Awards nobody ever cares about. Because it's not them actually thinking of what we wanted. Pritchard must have made this list. That's got to be what it is. Fucking bright red-ass brother love back there made this shit. See, this is the reason why I love, even if I run a little late on the live, this is the reason I love being able to put together a program. Because uh, we're going to talk about that creative a little bit tonight too so uh and everything that they've done with it you know like everything that they did and everything that they didn't do correctly the direction that it's going in and stuff of that nature because we have some interesting shit to dig into one of these things being continuing from last week good old jr finally responds to his statements do we even have the old statement i don't remember how long ago was that we played i kind of feel like because he took a couple of weeks he went on vacation yeah it's been it's been about what Two, two, maybe three weeks. Because I almost feel like for anyone that doesn't know what it was that Jim Ross said, it would be cool to uh, to recap. I don't remember. Was it that long ago? It's been a little bit. Yeah. At least it feels like it has. Yeah, you might be right. Okay, I think I, I, think I found it. I want to recap that just because of the fact that it's important within context to, to what's happening here. Give me a minute to cue it up because I'm literally going back into our archives to be able to do that, which thank God we have them, right? All right. So this is what Jim Ross said. This is a controversial statement that he made in regards to spots and moves. Do you think that some of these big moves should be more protected or is that just the evolution of the business? No, that evolution of the business is bullshit. Or oh, the business is evolving. How the fuck do you know it's evolving? Not you, Conrad, but in general. Uh, come on. Yes, they should be protected. Of course they should. Well, we don't sell right left hands. If you hit me with your left, I'll register. But... If you hit me that right, I'll sell like a drunk man. Well, come on. So stupid. The DDT is a finish and instead of a transition spot. Sean Michael, same thing. They were kidding him, about, but they were ribbing on the square. That's exactly the way it is. The super kicks are just a part of the, of, of the flow of a match. Nobody wins with it. So that, what's it say to you? Does it say that back in the day, guys were more proficient at delivering a DDT or a super kick than they are in this generation where things are evolving, things are changing in the wrestling business. I want some proof of that shit. I want someone to prove to me that the changing of the wrestling business is, uh, is, is what it is today. And that, uh, it's making a difference. It, it may be what it is in some people's eyes, but is it making a difference? I say no. So I told a kid the other day at AEW said, Everybody does the same fucking spot. All you guys get outside, you cluster up like quail. You stand there in a huddle, friends and foes together side by side so that you can catch some leaping idiot going over the top who never wins with this move. And they don't get an advantage with this move. It's, you know, they're looking for the, the, the holy shit 
chants what got that going, I think. They love to hear those, holy shit, holy shit, this is awesome. It's a spot, folks. It's a trapeze act. Come on. I'm sorry, Jeff. God damn it, Conrad. You motherfucker. Got them Alabama bastards. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't buy into that. The DDT is a great finish. It should be used as such. What if I said in on commentary, boy, folks, don't you remember those DDTs and somebody hit that it was over. I guess these guys just aren't as good at it as they used to be. Well, that, that ain't going to help anybody. No, but, it, but there's a thought there. Uh, and same, same with the super kick. So yeah, I, I, I'm not big on that. The business has changed. Tell me how conclusively how the business has changed where you can, you can bastardize established moves. So we, we gave our opinion on that already. That was a few weeks ago. I didn't realize how long ago oh, it was yeah. when good old JR said that, but Jim Morrison's opinion is there right now, you know, when you're watching current wrestling, you know, and people who don't watch regularly don't really look at it, but it used to be a lot slower and methodical. There wasn't even as much stuff. Now that he's right, these guys are flipping, super kicking, they're hitting crazy moves. Like almost any move that they're doing nowadays in the eighties would be a finisher. You know what I mean? When you think about it, sometimes there's sequences that they do that there'll be like 12 or 13 things that back in the day, just one part of that sequence would mean you ended the guy and they'll do it and transition to something else. Think about it. When, when was the last time you saw somebody hit a strike finisher? And then when the guy, then, then on the downed opponent, apply their submission, you know, this is true. And it's a dominating statement. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it. I get where he's coming from because at the same time, a finisher should really take somebody out and that should be it. But sometimes stylistically, it does look better on television when you get to do something really dominating. Like, I'll give you an example. As somebody who grew up with a, with a rock, cause I know it's a more common example that I could use. For me, I felt that when the rock adopted the sharpshooter, I believe he started doing it at WrestleMania. I mean, not WrestleMania, Survivor Series 98, the deadly game. Cause the finish to that, they do the screw job over again, but they fuck mankind. He realizes he's not really in the corporation and that the rock was here long. Remember that angle? I'll never forget. Right. So for pretty much from that point where they ring the bell and nobody knows what's happening and then they beat up poor Mick and that's how we got the, he never stopped wearing the suit from when he was in a fucking corporation because he fucked his head up so bad. But that storyline, uh, pretty much was where he started using the sharpshooter. From that point forward, it was added to the rocks arsenal. And even though it was meant to be like a mockery of that storyline, like when he turned babyface, he kept it. Like it became a legit move. It's an ugly sharpshooter. I know. Um, I'm not here to judge it, but the point being, it was more dominant to me times when he would hit somebody with like the rock bottom and then hit them with the sharpshooter, like the downed opponent sharpshooter for the win, than the fucking people's elbow. And I get it. The people's elbow is cool and everybody likes it. But I kind of felt I would take him way more seriously, even in a match, like even if it was like a rope break or something else happened, it's a false finish. There's a lot more concern and a red flag to me when he would hit somebody with something and then go straight into the to the sharpshooter because there was this sense of urgency of all oh, fuck like you know like there's they somebody better do something this guy's probably fucked you know what i mean like for that to happen so it's cool in those moments because people know the sharpshooter and they know the rock bottom and they know that either one of those equals you're in danger so when you see somebody stack it like that like it just creates that sense of hopelessness so it works in cases like that but with these guys, it'll be like super kicking to Canadian destroyer and to sharpshooter. And then while the guy's in the sharpshooter, the other one hits the ropes and comes down with a basement drop kick. And then they fucking go from that into a catapult and catapult him over the top. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, he's dead. You know, he's already dead. Ring the damn bell. Throw in the damn towel. I think about it, um, an example we have in this day and age of that rock bottom into the 
sharp into the sharpshooter. It's a uh, Pac because sometimes he'll hit the black arrow and then go into the brutalizer, but then sometimes he'll just hit one or the other. Yeah, and whenever I see that, so I always like think he somebody better like, break oh, it. Oh, that's it. He's done. Yeah. Like whenever I see that automatic for the tag match, somebody better get in there. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna be okay after that. So it's kind of like it adds an exclamation point when you understand the moves. Like I get what he's saying from an old school where it's like one of those moves should kill you. Why didn't it? But when used properly, it's supposed to give the effect of, oh, my God, if one of those moves killed him, then these two are definitely now he's fucked. But the problem with them is that they took that philosophy and kept going and they made it like, oh, my God, if two of these moves killed him, then on this third one, he's definitely fucked. And then it was like, if eight of these moves, then this is really good. And then after that, it was just kind of like, is the match over by the time? And then sometimes what I think really deflates it, and this is what makes people really notice it, is that they'll do all of that. And then at the end, it'll be, all right, small package. One, two, three. <laughs> and you're like, what? Do you guys get fucking sleepy when you were booking the end of that? Because it, it's just weird. Like, it'll be all these things. It'll be like, oh, yeah. And then from the catapult, he hit the destroyer. And then from that, a Yoshi tonic. And, and all of a sudden, then what happened after that? He tagged in his friend and then a small, uh, a fucking inside cradle. One, two, three. Why? And I and it's, it's it's weird because part of me likes that because shit I I certainly would not have expected that the inside cradle or the small package like that would have ended the match. You guys were just killing each other. You guys were like fucking. This was almost like watching Enter the Dragon a minute ago. And you're telling me that after all this, that motherfucker got rolled, and then you had to <laughs> scoot out of the ring and run away. Are you shitting me right now? You guys were striking each other. You know what I mean? Like literally, it was like Chuck Norris, Bruce Lee levels of fucking kicks to the head. But the end of it will be something like a schoolboy or a backslide that the other guy couldn't kick out of. It's just weird. We're in a weird time when it comes to this kind of shit, man. You know, and I can't say I hate it because when Ring of Honor did it, I liked it. It's just that something about the way AEW does it is a little bit strange. Ring of Honor will have cool matches like that. And then when a roll up or something happens, they just do it in a way where when it happens, sometimes you'll be like, <gasps> like a momentary gasp. But a second later, you'll be like, yeah, I could. I guess I could see that. Like they just do it better. When that happens in AEW, it'll literally be like Kamehameha, special beam cannon, inside cradle, <laughs> you know, like Yaja <laughs> Like what? So I don't know, man. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get the fuck's going on. Um, so I understand that. But anyway, I digress. Jim Ross made the statement. People within his own camp of AEW took offense to it because they don't want to be called a bunch of jumping idiots. Who would want to be called a bunch of jumping idiots? So, uh, but he, he's talking about like, you know, when they all stand together for that crowd dive like that, that kind of takes away some of the, we, we all know wrestling is a work. It's scripted, but that takes away a lot of the legitimacy when you're seeing shit that's just like, yeah. So I get where he's coming from. Anyway, people got pissed. They felt he was bearing his own company. So then he finally responded to it. And this is what he had to say. No, uh, I, I express an opinion, Conrad, a philosophical opinion. And I use a lot of football analogies. That's like saying, Conrad, I would rather, if I was a coach, I want to run the wishbone. Now, whether that's a good statement or a bad statement, it's merely an opinion. It's an observation. It's something that I would do in a fantasy booking world. I believe that what I said was accurate. I also believe that, uh, at times, and I apologize for this, I could be coarse. I could be very upfront. Uh, I'd rather tell you what time it is than how to make the watch. And I think that that's kind of what I did there. And I was a little abrasive. I didn't mention any names. I didn't call anybody out. I tried to purport it as what I think it to be a industry wide issue. What's next? You know, I used to tell somebody the other day about this at, at TV at AEW, some 
<clears throat> part of a couple of towns. <clears throat> I said, let's use a, the scaffold match as a parallel. What's next? A higher scaffold, right? What do you do? How do you do scaffold match two? It's bigger than better than ever. So somebody's going to fall farther. <laughs> That's what you got. So I, I, uh, I, I did ruffle some feathers. It wasn't totally my intention, but I wanted people to pay attention. I wanted to pay attention that this is an issue. Where does it stop? How can we protect our talents that truly believe in their hearts that this is the way to create an emotional investment with the paying customer or the TV viewer? So that's kind of where we were there. I, I just don't win is enough enough. And some things are just simply illogical. If I call matches in my career, not just now at AEW, but anywhere else with reality in mind, can you imagine all the times that you could have some fun and uh, are not, but be honest about things and call shit out. So it'd be terrible. And I think it's getting more lax. I think the referees are being abused. You know, we got nice people refereeing. At AEW, good at hard working. I get on their ass sometimes, but they all know I mean well by it. And they all know that I'm the only one that's ever gone to them since they've been with this company and tried to help them with their rep with their work in the ring. And they appreciate that. I, I think he's right. You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you should take advice from JR. And I, and he, nothing that he said, he, he's right. He didn't say any names. He didn't call anyone out. He's right. There's a lot. We were talking about that. And it's like, they don't want him to say it. They want to muzzle their people. Don't do that. That's what WWE does. Let your people be vocal about how they are vocal. That's one of the things we respect about you. You can't have a knee-jerk reaction about the fact that you don't think people should speak up when stuff is wrong. And trust me when I say that, especially now, the last thing anyone in AEW should want is for it to look like they don't like when things come out publicly, given the circumstances of what we were just speaking about earlier. Continue being open and honest. And uh, that's just the way that it needs to be. Exactly. You know? Don't make anybody think they can't speak their mind. Pretty much. And, uh, yeah, he didn't say anything wrong. They, they, it's not like we're saying we hate that kind of stuff, but like every match, there has to be some sort of storyline going on and there has to be a difference. Jericho talked about it too, how, uh, sometimes he has to remind them that you can't show repetition in your angles because then you desensitize people like the mistake that he pointed out that they made was on the same week that they had the whole thing with whether or not mjf was going to join the dark order they had the whole thing about whether or not uh will hobbs was going to join taz's group you have literally two angles going on almost back to back that are the same ending where at the end of the the heels try to determine if the baby face they offer him a fucking membership it almost seems you just did the same thing twice with different sets of people. Those angles should have been far apart from one another. They don't have separate shows like some companies are blessed to have, but at the very least, put it on separate hours, put it in separate weeks or something. But literally, sometimes they stack too much of the same stuff there. And these are growing pains. They have to learn these things. I didn't even think about that until Jericho pointed it out. But he's been in this business for enough years that that's something that wouldn't go over his head. He's thinking about, wait a minute, something that we did in this match happened in a match just a little while ago on the same card we have a join angle join the heels angle and then later on we have a will this person join the word join which basically becomes a buzzword for that angle is now being used and it's being shared between two different gimmicks you see what i mean that's the kind of small things that are going to determine whether or not somebody feels the need to stay tuned into your shit or not that's what keeps them invested so uh final flash Chathana, thank you for liking the stream. <laughs> Scary, but thank you. Thank you for liking. 
but yeah, creative is across the board um, going through a lot of changes. And there's been some accusations that have been going on in regards to uh, Vince McMahon as far as him just not being able to do anything, you know, and his stories coming out like crap. And uh, Bruce Pritchard, like you keep saying, being a yes man and how the product has been bad. We talked about it had some of the worst ratings. So Vince Russo recently chimed in about what he thinks one of the problems is with with the WWE's current television writing. And we haven't heard from him in a while, mainly because uh, I know people get pissed off when when we play Vince Russo drops. But again, at this point, would it hurt to have Vince Russo writing one of these shows? I would try it anyway. Right at this point. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, do you think that in his mind, he's really thinking that people will stay tuned for the product they're delivering? Chris, I'm telling you, bro, this is it in a nutshell. I'm telling you, bro, he's not a television writer. Mm. He's not. Bro, there is an art to television writing. When I tell you that, Chris, Ed Ferrara taught me a lot. Ed worked in Hollywood. He had written, you know, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Weird Science. He had written a couple of movies. Mm-hmm. Ed was a television writer. So, you know, Ed really took me under his wing when it came to that aspect of storytelling and characters. Bro, Vince has never been trained in television. Right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how to do it. Bro, I, I've said this a million times. Bro, if you give Vince a blank sheet of paper, this is what you're going to get. Bro, we did not give Vince a blank sheet of paper. We gave him the whole show. Mm. So he was able to look at this entire show and make his Vince McMahon tweaks within the show. Mm. He was not the guy writing the show. Today, bro, he's the guy writing the show. He's not a television writer. Bro, he's a wrestling promoter. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But being a wrestling promoter doesn't mean you're a TV writer, bro. That's true. true. Yep. I'm not a wrestling promoter. I'm not, bro. I, I ran a couple of my own shows. It was the hardest thing I ever had to do, and I hated it. Okay? I'm not a promoter. I mean, I know because I tried it. Mm-hmm. I I guess Vince believes he's a television writer. Well, if he is, I, bro, I would just love to hear their explanation of these low ratings. J- j- just tell me why you guys think the ratings COVID because of COVID. You think the ratings are low, bro? Come on. What do you think? You got a point. I mean, the way he breaks it down, like if he's never had, if he didn't start out actually having to write things. You can't expect him to be a TV writer because he was never trained to do it. Yeah, and Vince does have a lot more control than he did before. He's not just a filter anymore because we always said that one of the things that Vince says is he's a good filter. Yeah, whereas now he's doing more than he ever did back then. Like, yeah, Russo, Russo strikes a good point. Yeah. Now I'm going to have Cornette heat watch. Oh, yeah, right. But it's not like he's huh. saying anything different. You know what I mean? I, I think that that's, that's something that Cornette might even agree with. It's not like Cornette's saying that the WWE is doing great, but I don't think he would suggest that uh, Russo be the one that fix it. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy. But they're aware of the problem because WWE has posted an opening for a new lead writer. It's on LinkedIn. Damn, again? Yep. It says, your responsibilities will be to manage a team of writers, producers to build compelling stories that capture a global audience fitting multiple demographics. 
lead writing team discussions and brainstorming and laying out weekly episodes and long-term storylines. Responsible for the development of clearly defined yet emotionally sophisticated characters for a diverse group of WWE superstars through thought-provoking, captivating, and creative storylines. Edit in-ring promos and backstage segments submitted by the writing team, members for continuity, character consistency, storyline progression, and final punch-ups. Complete write, edit, and take ownership of the drafts for, of their respective shows weekly, including all promotions, graphics, replays, and pop culture references. Constructively mentor and critique individual writers to help develop growth and foster a positive team environment. Incorporate consumer insight and social media to deliver impactful storylines that are consistent with the WWE and talent brands. Deftly pitch ideas and stories to executives in weekly creative meetings. Produce and direct talent in a live television environment on a weekly basis. Collaborate with internal WWE departments as liaisons for the creative writing team. Travel weekly to live tapings of Raw and SmackDown as well as pay-per-view events. Requirements. Five plus years of TV film writing and production experience. Experience supervising a writing team and leading a writer's room. Experience in all aspects of live TV production a plus. Knowledge of WWE shows, talent, storylines, and audience demographic, psychographic. BA slash BS in film, TV, drama, media studies, communications, and or similar field of study or proven experience in lieu of degree. Located in New York City, Stanford, Connecticut area, or open, able to relocate. So there you go. They are hiring again. Oh, shit. Oh, shizzle. It is. They're trying, man. They're They're fucking trying. Russo. Somebody send the application to Russo. Right? Fuck it. They're looking for someone. Let's get Russo in there. Get in there, Russo. They need someone who knows what the fuck they're doing, because apparently no one in this world does. And say what you want about fucking Russo. He knew what he knew. He knew what he was doing better than a lot of those guys now. (laughs) For sure, man. I'll take him any day. I'll take Jared and Russo. I'll take a fucking... I don't know about Jared now. No, fuck it. I'll take Jared (laughs) Russo. I'll have Dixie run the other show. Fuck it. Let's go. Oh, oh I would I would rather see Jim Cornette above everyone, but I'm trying to give them something that's practical. They're not going to do anything smart. I would definitely. Jim Cornette is my top. I've always said before the shirt even came out, I said I was a Jim Cornette guy. Go back. I love having audio of all that shit. Anyway, the criticism doesn't end there because Eric Bischoff spoke on his podcast about everything that WWE has been doing and uh, the way that they've been handling television. And... uh Bischoff, he basically, this is a quote he said, he basically talked about the build for matches and he said, quote, that's called appointment television. That's why you're live. And when, whether it's WWE or AEW, there I go. I said I wasn't going to name them. When I see them at advertising something that really doesn't have any story, there's no buildup. There's no journey involved. You're just advertising a match. There's not a story. The drag isn't big enough on its own. So what do we do? Oh, let's just promote it. Let's make sure the audience knows what we're going to do. Well, how about instead of that? How about creating a really good story that feels like combusting spontaneously before your eyes in the moment? So that's a Russo. I mean, I'm sorry. That's a Bischoff quote. It must, it, it must, you guys must be able to tell that I probably listen to a lot of these guys' voices because I'm pretty much able to convey their tone <laughs> when I go through. Oh, yeah, yeah I've noticed it. <laughs> Final Flash! Thank you, Salim. Thank you so much for liking the stream. You're awesome. So he's another one who he talks about the fact, basically in short paraphrasing, he's, he's saying that there's no build. I, I didn't catch what that was. Oh, he's sharing the stream. Thank you also for the, for the share. Yeah. Um, 
you know, he's paraphrasing what he's saying. He, he's talking about the fact that they don't build for these matches. That's one of the biggest problems. That's one of the issues that the current WWE product has and the AEW product. And that's the whole purpose of TV. And he's right in that, too. You know, a lot of these guys are absolutely correct in the things that they're saying. You know, and this is the reason why it's amazing how some of these guys were brought in, even like Bischoff, and then they they, they didn't work out. You know, it just doesn't make sense. Not at all. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, but there was more from Russo in this situation. I mean, why do I keep saying Russo? Good God. That's a Freudian slip twice. Uh, you know what it is? Because we haven't heard from him in so long. Yeah, that has to be what it is. So anyway, uh, Bischoff talks about what WWE looks for in writers. Since they have this entire writing thing happening right now, this is a good time to uh, to really make an assessment of what this company is going to be looking for. Besides what they put in the job application, like actually hearing from someone who would know. One sec here. It's coming. I'm sorry, guys. It's like the dragons of Game of Thrones. You know, it's coming. It's just that that's how many buttons it is that we have right now. That I don't have all of them. There's no way for me to have all of them in front of me. Yeah, some of them. I, I've seen it sometimes. It's nuts. I short circuit with that much in front of me. Yeah, like I'm still legit lost here trying to find the proper fucking button. Mm-hmm. It's one. It's one of them episodes. We we had to end. We had to end it with a bang this year. Quite a few bangs, but. That's particularly interesting because you hear, uh, this is obviously just a rumor, of course, but that WWE actually looks on their creative team for people or writers for people who don't know anything about wrestling or who haven't written for wrestling before, who've never watched a wrestling show. Um, I'm not sure what the value is in that. I guess they know what it is. So, No, I, and I'll, I'll give you my perspective. I'm not, I do not represent, you know, the WWE um <laughs> I'm not saying this to be smarmy or, or cute or anything. I, what I'm about to say to you doesn't have, I don't know what their feeling is. I don't know what their policy is. I don't know what their logic is. I don't know. Never had a conversation about it. Um, I agree with it. I, I understand why you would want writers who had a fundamental basic understanding of different forms of storytelling, whether it be sitcoms, you know, long form, whether it's feature films, you know, comic books, any any form of storytelling um, outside of wrestling has disciplines and and elements that can be um, uh, woven into what you do in wrestling and become very useful. So people that, you know, only come into wrestling with, you know, only one kind of experience or predominantly, you know, wrestling related experience, they're kind of looking at the same thing the same way way as everybody else and if you want a fresh idea if you want a new approach to telling a story and new elements to include in your storytelling process you need to go outside of the you know the the traditional tunnel if you will of of talent that comes through the wrestling door i'm also guessing too as far as if you hire somebody like another wrestler or somebody that says i'm a big wrestling fan can i write for your writing team is is it fair to assume that that maybe is a negative because maybe considering they're a big wrestling fan, they're going to have favorites and they're going to have some, their people that, Oh, I want to push this guy because I grew up watching him as opposed to somebody from Hollywood that doesn't know wrestling. He's got no favorites. He's coming in completely unbiased. Yeah. I, I, I think there is a risk and I've, I've met, you know, I've interviewed, you know, many people um, over the years um, that were applying for jobs who, who came in, who had traditional, you know, writing experience on other television shows, 
but we're such hardcore wrestling fans that the wrestling perspective, see, it's one thing creatively, even if you're a great writer and you you understand fundamental storytelling and all those things, you know, you can come into the process and you can bring all the attributes from your particular skill set, whether it's drama, comedy, action, movies, sitcoms, whatever it is, bring your storytelling expertise to the table and add kind of to the discussion. But if you come in and you've got, you know, you're fixated on a certain type of wrestler or you're fixated on a certain point in history when wrestling was a certain way, and it's not that way anymore because the business of the wrestling business changes, sometimes at a much quicker rate than the creative part of the wrestling business changes. So, you know, when a writer comes in and is fixated on a period of time or a certain type of character, it's, you know, that's a red flag to me because, they're they're mixing their passion with their profession at that point. I would also just as someone who barked up that tree on occasion, want to point out there's a difference between a writer and a booker in the WWE parlance. The person who decides what happens in the match is different from the person who decides what Otis says before the match. And I think a lot of wrestling fans walk in thinking it's the exact same thing and have the wrong ideas going in. You're right. I mean, you're right. That's a, that's a, that's a, a point or a, or a conversation that could probably carry its own show for a half hour, 45 minutes. But yeah, you're right. There's more to it than that, but you're right. Of course. But in general, a wrestling fan's more likely to walk in thinking they can book the whole territory when in reality. Oh, of course they are. <laughs> oh, sure they are. Just like, just like everybody, you know, the day after the Super Bowl is absolutely sure they could have coached the losing team to a winning team uh, or to be the winning team if they would have had the opportunity to play the game after they saw it play out. <laughs> Everybody's an armchair quarterback. When in reality, they have plenty of people who could do that. They need somebody to write Kalisto's dialogue in a two-minute two segment. Wow. Yep. That's my understanding of it. <laughs> no, it's a good point, Steve. Good point. I was okay. waiting on Okay. okay. I'll go. Um, <laughs> uh, kind of going- yeah, you get the gist of it. Yeah. What do you think? So, <sighs> he, definitely, he, he definitely makes quite a few good points. It's just, I guess maybe it's just me. I'm kind of the person where I would rather risk it on the wrestling fan than the guy who doesn't know who any of these guys are, you know, because at least the wrestling fan, you can kind of be like, okay, I understand this guy is your favorite, but this guy needs to make some kind of a come up. This guy needs to be cooled down a little bit. You can kind of reason with him a little bit. Whereas freaking Tim from accounting, who's watched nothing but office reruns for the past 30 years. He's going to have no clue what's going on. He's going to be sitting there trying to push Ellsworth for a world title run. It's just, there's a level of, there's a level of risk. I feel like the risk is higher and it's kind of showing the way they gone about their writing process sometimes too, where there are higher people who have done just movies or just like, well, didn't we, didn't we hear once like they hired somebody who was like an expert in like arm wrestling and all kind of shit like that. Cause they needed for a segment. Yeah. It's kind of like, I'd rather not go for that because it's not it's not gonna have as much long term as it would be the guy who grew up with the business who kinda at least has maybe some semblance of an understanding and you just kinda have to like fill him in on the other parts that he doesn't get. Yeah. The the creative thing though, but he does make a point though in the fact that and we talked about this on the show before, how agents, you know, writers and agents are two different things and you know, so you don't have all of the control. There's more there's multiple gears moving by multiple people. So it's oh, more complicated. Sure. And maybe that needs to be simplified as well. You know? Yeah, they just need to have not as much just kind of condense everything a little bit. 
Yeah. Not just a writer for every single person. Have a writer for a whole group of people. Like so something to where there's not as much going on and there's more of like a one mind on one thing, one mind on the other. Whereas it's ten minds on nine different things. Yeah. And uh yeah, basically Wrestling Observer was saying that the way that they book Raw, SmackDown and NXT, uh is very different where NXT has that long-term writing of storylines in mind instead of booking things at the last minute. Whereas it's like Raw and SmackDown, they do like last day rewrites and day-to-day stuff and shit gets rejected at the last minute, you know? Where it's like NXT, there's never really any late changes the day of the show. And if they are, it's usually because of circumstances beyond their control, such as someone being sick or injured. And this is basically the two different styles of booking. Which, um, yeah, the long-term booking yeah. always works for the better. And then just making adjustments based on circumstances is way smarter. To me, it's lazy for me to f- feel like you're going to put all this money and energy into something. And the planning of it is where you're going to fuck up. Right. At that I point, mean, how you many may times, as well just throw everything else away, you know? I mean, how many times have we talked about the stories we used to hear in New Japan, how Gato books two years in advance? Yeah. Like, all of the presentation in the world doesn't make up for you having everything planned ahead of time and laid out in order. And it's like, if they have that, people are going to know the difference between it looking like these. You can tell when you look at something, you can be like, these motherfuckers just came out. They just came out of here. They just rolled out of bed and did this. You can tell the difference between when someone has shit stacked and when someone just decides that they're going to just throw wet the toilet paper and throw it at the wall and pray for whatever sticks. And that's what we're getting here with them. Yeah. Anyway, I wish them the best in what they're going to do there. Um, yes, get that shit figured out, please. Yeah. So, uh, apparently there's been some controversy with AEW because they, uh, after December 16th, they went on their YouTube channel and they disabled the like and dislike buttons, which I did not even know was possible. But yes, apparently when yeah, you went to these AEW videos, you couldn't click, you, the button still appeared there, but if you click like or dislike, nothing would happen. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty interesting that they decided to do that. I guess they just don't want any dislikes, or I don't know. I mean, I've seen some, like, YouTubers, they'll do it just to kind of, I guess it sometimes avoids little bits of chaos. Because let's be real, we know there's people out there who they won't even watch it, but they'll shit on it just because it's not WWE. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. And then you see the people who they'll just, like I mentioned the whole thing with uh, the car that they have set for this Wednesday it's like somebody shits on it because it makes no sense you'll have those kind of people out there and unfortunately in a lot of cases you'll see more of those than the people who actually take the time to watch it and then make a judgment yeah so I guess it's kind of trying to avoid that hassle yeah I mean it's possible but at the same time um, yeah I don't know I just figured that, that, that it would have been able to be dealt with better than uh, feeling like you're muzzling your, your audience which also another thing speaking of that's been happening with them is that uh there are now fans that are basically reporting that they have Instagram posts removed because it has like 30 second clips of AEW Dark. And it's not even like clips of the wrestling or any actual in-ring work. It's just uh just clips, I guess, maybe intros or maybe they're showing a shot of the wrestler or whatever. And apparently this is going around where like um they're getting strikes on their channels and stuff. And from what we're hearing, it's uh, TNT that doesn't want their stuff out there. And I mean, us, that happens to us regularly. Like, we talk about it on here. We usually will 
submit a dispute, which by the way, if you ever look for our content on a platform and it says something like this cannot be displayed, go to another platform. We are on multiple platforms. That's the reason for that. But we usually get it back because I'll dispute it and I'll, I'll do fair use. And they've always released our content, whether it's WWE or AEW. It's about how you're using it and how you go about it. But uh, they could be dicks about if they wanted to. Uh, in my experience, normally just going about it the proper channels and, you know, pretty much writing the use of the stuff gets the stuff released. Very, I don't think I've ever had something declined, you know, as far as uh, when you stand your ground with that kind of shit. Um, whether or not they're being strict on YouTube or not, it doesn't really, it's to be subjective because I don't really mess with them anymore. Like YouTube, are, we've kind of abandoned that page. I don't think that platform's healthy for us just because of the way it is. They shadow ban pages, which they've clearly done to us to make sure none of your stats and shit count if they don't like your content. Uh, which is kind of garbage considering there were points where we would put up 10 minute videos and get 54,000 views. So like, what gives? Exactly. You know, don't you want the views? You're more considerate about like your opinion on the content, whatever. So, but other places like Facebook that I've dealt with and even YouTube when I've decided to go and deal with it, uh, you're generally able to just say what, what the use is. If you're not blatantly sitting in here watching the, the shows or the pay-per-views, that's clearly it. Uh, we have anything else of significance because we're, we're going to be, we got to wrap up soon. Um, yeah. Pat McAfee apparently has been pulled from WWE television. Yeah, I heard something about that. Like, it's kind of interesting. We haven't seen him since War Games. So. Yeah, no Pat McAfee. But we've seen right Dunn, and we've seen both of the Brit and Brawlers. So. Apparently, they're going to keep him off TV until spring rolls around. And, and the theory going around is that he's really good, and they just don't want to overuse him, which isn't really being removed. Even though he tweeted out, I think I got fired on Christmas. And he's no longer. <laughs> I mean, they might just want... I mean, at the same time, it must kind of burn them that he is better than the people that they've been wrestling. Meltzer quoted, and he said, I don't think they want to rely on Pat McAfee to be all over the show. He's really good, honest to God. I think he should be doing guest spots on Raw. I really do, because it'll whatever. Like, I'm not saying that he's a big-time celebrity, but he's a real NFL player who will get, if nothing else, get them that sports publicity that everyone's trying to get. And it's very difficult to get, and he's good. If he wasn't good, if he wasn't good... I'd say get rid of him, but he's unusually good. You keep him away from Raw, sir. But uh, no, <laughs> you know I'm not totally against that because seeing him, seeing him once, and then because the way we saw him at Takeover 30, and then we didn't see him for a couple of months. So then when he shows up, it's like, oh shit, it's Pat. Like I can kind of see that method paying off, especially for somebody with a personality like his. Because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this guy, like holy shit, did he? grasp onto this to the point where it's like his his promo I, I love listening to him talk and this keep in mind this is somebody who hated the guy like a few months back and fucker won me over with no business oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> he's awesome yeah he's he's gotten he's done so well at this so quick he grasped not only the mic work but the in-ring stuff so yeah maybe seeing him in burst wouldn't be a bad idea no. because then it's going to make it special anytime you see him yeah absolutely all right, well, Jericho has been getting a lot of uh, attention lately. Yeah. Yeah, you know about that, right? Oh, yeah. Apparently, um, wow. So I guess NBA fans started making fun of how he looks. Yeah, these they ones. They said that Chris one of the greatest wrestlers of all 30. time and, and is in far better shape than half of the NBA fans who were trolling Jericho. At least this is what one fan said to defend him. Yeah, it was just a bunch of basketball fans making fat jokes. And he put on. They are? Well, either way, I can guarantee I can do more timed push-ups, weighted squats, and incline sit-ups than all of them 
and still draw record ratings. I have really thick skin, kids. So that was his response to it. Which that's cool to say and everything. But yeah, I said last week, I think I mentioned how Jericho looks like he's tired all the time, man. Yeah, you know, today, I don't even think we'll have time to play it. But during that match that he had on Dynamite this week, there was a point where he he gave somebody that exhausted kick. You ever seen that exhausted kick on television? Oh, that they yeah, use in I've seen the one. Where someone's just really, really tired and they, they've been kicking somebody's ass for so long that that last kick they do, they're kind of like winded and they sort of stagger like, ugh, like they get that. <laughs> he did that. You know, and he wasn't like selling. He was just so fucking tired. They gave that fucking kick like that. It's just, oh, man, Jericho. Jericho. But then when I see the fans that are like running their mouths and talking shit, my whole thing I look at that is I ask them I ask them this question. Can you wrestle the length of matches that he wrestles, even when he does get tired? And on top of that, be a musician. And on top of that, have a podcast. Like, I get people saying, like, okay, yeah, he's looking kind of out of shape. But at the end of the day, this fucker's still going at his age. And he's 50. I am not expecting you to look like you are chiseled out of granite at 50. <laughs> You're right. like, it was just kind of random because a lot of it was just like basketball fans. And I was like, some of you fuckers probably haven't seen him since he was undisputed champion. Relax. Yeah. And I can understand where that one comment on um, the first one you read came from. It's just like, at the end of the day, this, this is a guy who's like, I, I think I talked to a friend about it. And I was like, I want to see some of these guys still do a lion salt at 50. Yeah, and Stasis is right. He should cut back on the drinking. When you look at him, this is the problem. You could tell this isn't he's 50. It's yeah. he's drinking. There's a yeah. difference. You could tell the difference if you look at some of the other guys that have aged that are not drinking versus Jericho, who's been drinking more lately. And even Stasis has said before that ever since a little bit of the bubbly, he's gotten a little bit of the chubbly. Or at least that's what I'm saying. That's how I'm wording it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah right around the little that. bit of the bubbly is around where he started to uh started to get if he'd stopped drinking, um, he'd be okay. This yeah, you're right, his skin complex. You could tell when someone drinks his skin complexion, it's all in his midsection, the weight. Um it's not that he's old. Fifty's not bad. He could still look in good shape, man. You know what I mean? He could definitely be in better it's, shape. It's the drinking. Sure. It has to be the drinking. So I mean it's, 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 it's if he wants to drink and doesn't care, whatever. But I'm just saying, like if in my opinion, I think that that would make more difference than any squats or shit that he can do. Yeah. It definitely would put him in better shape, but yeah, the ribs, or I guess I couldn't, I can't even call them ribs because they weren't even funny. It's just like, back that ass up. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so another news. Kylie Ray, she's back in a sense. She's not, she's not doing any pro wrestling dates, but she has put up a cameo. But she will do short personalized videos for fifty five dollars. What are your you know thoughts? Fifty five dollars, right? Why? So that just in case you had to show up for it, you ain't lose that much money. Oh, 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 burn, burn. <laughs> <laughs> Less than the game, right? You know what's the bad part, buddy? When you said fifty five dollars, it instantly came to me. I was like, it's an out. <laughs> Because what's going to be worse? Are you going to be mad because you missed that? Th- because the, the three hundred dollar one didn't show up, or the fifty five dollar one didn't show up? What are you going to do when you put in your your daughter's fucking uh, personalized video for her quinceanera, and uh, it's just a video of a fucking <laughs> empty stool? <laughs> I don't want to troll, man. I feel so. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm still salty for fucking Battle for Glory. Because it was the second fucking time. <laughs> I want to hear chat room. Anybody in the chat room too. I want your opinion right now. Kylie Ray disappeared because she was having mental issues or whatever. And now she's reemerged. Not taking wrestling. Again, recapping this. But now she's going to be doing cameo. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. You don't care. Good for her. Support her. 
Uh, y'all thought I was bullshit when I said midway through this year I was gonna start being a little bit more vicious. Shit was not a game. I just wanted to hear from other people first on this oh, one because whenever yeah, something with mental health and y'all, shit comes up and I answer first, I get heat. It's not because I don't have an opinion, but I just want to let everybody else state something about how they feel about this, and then I can just talk a little bit without getting maybe as much heat. Does she have a refund if she can't do the video because she's sad? Oh shit! <laughs> this is my take on it. I don't know. I know I'm gonna get heat, man. This is my take. I. Right? This is why, not for everyone, but for some people on social media that cry mental health, I don't take them seriously. And I see it as drama and just call, cries for attention. If someone's mental health issues are to be taken really seriously, are we also to believe that months later, as opposed to years of therapy later, they're okay? You can't play it both ways. You can't be like, you got to be sensitive towards this person. These are serious mental health issues. And then fucking 40 days later, be like, she's cured. Good for you. So this was so serious that you could cure it in under a season of the year. Well, and, and it's like, also, you don't really owe anybody an explanation. But at the same time, in the public's eyes, it sure as hell looks better than to have one. Don't just pop up with a cameo. Say something. I feel like the second time at that point you owe an explanation. And if you explain that you had mental health issues and you use that as your outlet to disappear, then I kind of feel like when you reappear, the right thing to do is to let the same people know on the same platforms that you let know that you were departing because of mental health issues, what it was that changed about your life that made you come back. Did you seek help? Did you get therapy? I don't want to just hear that you felt fucking better. I don't want to hear that you've been gone long enough and now that you've been gone and missed it for a while and that you had time to yourself to really think and reflect that you feel good enough to come back here. That's fucking horseshit. Fuck you if you did that because it can't be both. It can't be that we got to be sensitive to your bullshit. And I'm not talking about her. I'm talking mental people in general. It can't be that we got to be sensitive to your bullshit and understanding to the severity of your bullshit, but that all you need was fucking R&R and a couple of Switch games and that now you're okay. So whenever somebody fucking cries that they have mental health issues, at the very least, I want to hear what serious process they took to have them. I'm not saying that she didn't. I'm not saying that she did. And I'm not even trying to isolate her. She just happens to always come up since she comes back and forth more than the Green Ranger when his fucking candle blew out. <laughs> but I'm saying people in general, you owe your communities an explanation. You have a responsibility when you decided to build a community where you should say something. You don't just fucking leave. And if you do and you come back, don't just act like nothing. There's all kinds of mental health shit going on and we all ignore it. You know what I mean? I'm talking about us personally. I've seen people, honestly, I don't want to throw anybody on the but I've seen people that have tried to stream on Twitch in the past six months. People that started during the pandemic and already have a fucking sense of entitlement. They're already talking to their community about saying goodbye and how they can't take it anymore and the pressure of it and the friends that they've made and the people that they've lost and how people don't support them and shit. Fuck you, 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 mm, you crying, nagging wussies. How are you? In the middle of this pandemic, how dare you come here? And then I'll see other things where they're trying to preach what a streamer should do, what a streamer shouldn't do. What what the hell do you know? You've had a cup of coffee in this shit. There's some people that we've seen on here. There's this one guy, man, that he cries like a bitch all the time, all the time. And he's barely been streaming four months and he's gone through thousands of changes. He's written poems about his departures. I'm not even joking. I've seen him come on my timeline where he's writing a fucking poem or, or, or quoting the lyrics to a song. He actually, the same he, I'm actually, he actually volunteered that maybe he's going to write a blog about his experience as a streamer. What fucking experience? You noob, <laughs> you little pisshead peon lemming. Few fucking months in this, and somebody's going to write about a fucking experience. They're going to blog. What are we going to learn from your fucking blog where you got a cup of coffee in the streaming community? To me, that's mental health. And then you always see this person going back and forth. 
They're having a bad day. They're having a good day. They're having a bad day. Chill out already with that. Grow a set already. I, I call, you know what I call people like that? And there's going to be a talk brunch coin thing. They're mad balls. Based on the old toy. Remember the old toy? The balls that have the, the evil mad ball face on? They're mad balls. The rubber ball. They bounce back and forth between I quit and I'm leaving everything time back and better than ever. Mad balls. They're mad balls. So from now on, whenever we get somebody, whether it's in the Twitch community or the wrestling community, that bounces back and forth. We've got another mad ball. That's right. Happy New Year, motherfucker. Forget <laughs> Christmas. People just have double standards to everything. And to me, it's a double standard. If on one hand, you're supposed to take mental health seriously, then on one hand, you're just supposed to take mental health seriously. As the person telling me that I'm supposed to take it, no, motherfucker, you take it seriously. What therapy do you get? Therapy is expensive? Yeah, that's why this shit is so serious. Take it seriously. Don't tell me that you fucking took a trip to Great Adventures or Action Park and now you're good. I'm not here to hear that shit. I don't want to hear that you saw Wonder Woman 1984 on IMAX. If anything, after that, you probably need therapy. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I didn't know how you were going to do it, but I knew it was coming. Double standard. You can't take something seriously and then not take it seriously enough that you could be back in a couple of months. And I'm not saying that's what's happening here, but I'm saying assuming that it is, that's what I mean. People have double standards for everything. They only want to judge but not be judged. You and I both used to know someone. Anybody who's a long-time listener know where I'm going with this. You and I both used to know someone that blamed the reason they have a loopy kid on vaccines. Not on the fact that maybe they were fucking hitting the bong too often when they had a bun in the oven, but on vaccines. Yet the same person openly tweets shitting on people who are skeptics of the COVID vaccine. Oh, these vaccine haters and blah, blah, blah. But it's kind of like, wait a minute. This person has told me strongly, strong feelings. I have a loopy kid. I'm using my own words, paraphrasing. And I think it's because of vaccines. But then you're going to also be the guy, take the vaccine, you freaking non-believer. What is this? How could you have both views on that comfortably on the same platform? And then they got the host of post show. The same people who, who will never let it slide if somebody turns from heel to baby face without reasons. Does it in actual life? That's mental shit. With right less there. reasons? With less reasons. With less reasons. I don't care. I don't care. You hate me? Hate me. Hate me. If you think I'm talking about you, I probably am. I'm not going to do one of those things like usually because normally everyone assumes it's about them anyway. And I'll go on here and be like, this isn't about anybody specific. And everyone will still. And you know how I know? It'll be certain people who DM or certain things that'll be said tongue in cheek. But you know what? If you think I'm talking about you this time, let's just go in the opposite direction. And instead of me saying this is for no one specific, I probably am. If you feel burnt, it was for you. I didn't get you anything for Christmas. Have this. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Evolution post show. Never forget. No, I'll fuck with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget it, Rick. I swear to God. Anyway. Now let's talk about the weeklies. Weekly. Weeklies. <laughs> By the way, our podcast views ever since it became the, the Destin and myself program, our podcast views. Thank you to all you listeners. It's actually gone up significantly. Um, why change what's working? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, if you're asking why we don't change the format or do anything else, because this is working better than anything else anybody else has ever tried. So. They got a random DM on Twitter about that one day, and I was like, oh, well. Huh? Yeah, yeah, no, very, really good stuff, really good stuff. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about what's happening. I know it's long, but hey, look, we're going to end this end, end this episode with a bang. We're going to end the last episode of the year with a bang. Uh, we normally don't talk about AEW Dark, but there were a few couple of important things that we're not going to go over matches, but Kazarian was on AEW Dark with Christopher Daniels, and it seems like they're teasing a SCU breakup, and uh, they had a little bit of a segment up there that was a bit of a foreshadowing to that whole thing. I'm going to share with you guys on social media as well. I know you better than anybody, CD. And if there's one thing I know that you are, and that's a fighter. 
When your back is against the wall, you will fight. When the pressure is on, you will fight. So I am asking you one more time to fight by my side. These are drastic times, CD. So I'm going to throw out some drastic measures, and I need you to agree to this. Right now, we are at the bottom of the barrel of the tag team division. But we will fight. We will claw. We will work our way to the top, and we will become AEW Tag Team Champions. Because from here on out, the next time you and I lose as a tag team, you and I are done as a tag team forever yeah so we could officially see the full-blown end of fortune that's what i never thought about that wow because when you think about it they're the last two of that faction and they've never broken up i never thought about that before but you know what i almost kind of see this is it could be a breakup but on the other hand it could be similar to what they did when they finally did when roh pulled the trigger and gave daniel the title they had him in cutting these promos like it was somebody backed in a corner running out of time Hmm. both these guys have been here a long time in the wrestling business so it could be also a case of hey there's no telling how long we can do this we can either win these tag titles or we can just call it now yeah i feel like i feel like it could honestly go either way well i'm hoping i don't want to see them end their stuff now Yeah, I I wouldn't like to see it, but as long as they've been teaming, it wouldn't be the worst thing. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, There's a couple of different ways this could go. Was there any Kenny Omega on Impact this week? I don't even know. I I don't don't watch the shit anymore. No clips came across my desk. I didn't go go looking for it. Since the Hard to Kill announcement, I haven't heard anything. Okay, well, if there was somebody link it, although it's not going to be on the shelf from the chat, but this is a, we did get a paid advertisement from Tony Khan during. That was about uh, the only thing I think I heard about. Yeah, so let's have a look at this here. The following announcement is paid for by All Elite Wrestling. Hello, everyone. I want to introduce to you the only owner of professional wrestling who is not a carny. The one and only Tony Khan. Wow. Merry Christmas, Impact Wrestling fans. It's great to be here in Nashville. This place is pretty nice, Tony. It's very nice. Yes, sir. I was in town. You know, I'm a partner in activist artist management. We represent the Lumineers, the Dead and Company, Dwight Yoakam, Claire Bowen, a lot of big stars, a lot of big musicians. I'm an owner, part owner of the Virgin Hotel here in Nashville, opened in July. It's wonderful, Tony. Yes, it's wonderful. I'm glad you liked it. I've just heard that Impact Wrestling is hard to kill. And I've heard that Impact Wrestling is looking to feature the AEW world champion Kenny Omega in a six-man tag on a pay-per-view called Hard to Kill. Kenny Omega, the AEW champion, wrestling on somebody else's pay-per-view? I certainly have the power to stop that, Tony. Oh, I know you do, sir. Yeah, well, I could file an injunction. There's a lot of things I could do. If I didn't want the match to happen, it wouldn't be happening. You know what, Impact Wrestling? You want Kenny Omega here wrestling your people? That's fine with me. Tomorrow night, Wednesday Night Dynamite, you're welcome to send some of your people to my show this week anyway. Tomorrow night, it's AEW Dynamite Holiday Bash at a special time immediately following the Celtics wow. Bucks game on TNT. Chris Jericho and MJF plan on giving Top Flight an early Christmas gift. The AEW Women's World Champion Hikaru Shida will be in action. Kip and Penelope announce their wedding date with the best man Miro. Jurassic Express will take on Colt Cabana and Dark Orders 5 and 10. 
Dustin Rhodes will battle Evil Uno with Stu Grayson. Pack will be back in action versus The Butcher. You won't want to miss what Sting has to say. Plus, in our main event, it's the AEW World Tag Team Championship matching the champions, the Young Bucks, against the red-hot young duo of the acclaimed. And I understand you have some tag teams here yourself, Impact Wrestling. I might go look around and see what they're up to, see what their contractual status is. You know what, Tone? For a company that's hard to kill, yeah. $7 billion buys a lot of ammunition. So, Impact Wrestling, let me tell you something. Oh, Kenny Omega, you're welcome to have him at Hard to Kill. I'll tune in. I'll check it out. And I expect to see the AEW world champion with his hand raised high. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. That was very well done. That was the greatest line ever. He said, Impact Wrestling is hard to kill, but $7 billion buys a lot of ammo. He's right, man. He's right, George. Yeah, that's oh. right. George, George is is the is the fan that they have, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank God, keeping hope alive. George, um, was there anything on there that involved any anyone from AEW besides the uh, Tony Khan and uh and Tony Schiavone? I'm not saying that the two show- Tonys aren't the biggest star power that you guys have over there right now because they're great. Tyre's on AEW. We're not talking. We're talking. About I don't know what Tony Tyre. AEW was there. Oh no, no, I'm I'm talking about people like, from like, AEW, like the freaking like Omega AEW. or anybody show up like no, so so pretty much Tony Schiavone. Okay, apparently and... not. All right, cool. Okay, moving so, on. So Tony Schiavone and Tony Khan were the top people on that show. Okay, that's, that's all that tells me. So those were the biggest draw. I mean, yeah. <laughs> hey, look at that, right? They get the Hydrox version of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> we got Oreos. Ooh. We got Hydrox over here. God, fucking Steel Reserve, live on Axis. Ooh, no. Ooh. Can't believe you Hydrox them, though. Hey, man, it's better than them making an excuse for that. Using COVID as an excuse for that place being empty. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> You're not wrong. They must be so relieved, right? Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, thank God. It was, it was empty before the pandemic. What do you mean? Oh, shit. I can't tell you how many times I had to chloroform my nieces and nephews to get them to be in the seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. God, we got to get out of here soon. Right? What were we doing again? It was weeklies? Right. Yeah. It right. Was okay. Now we hit the dynamite. Okay. Dynamite. Um, I'm going to just run over some bullet points with you guys. Jericho and MJF go over top flight. Um, but afterwards, we got Hager, who's complaining about Wardlow not being around to do his job because apparently he had to be the bodyguard for MJF here, which is weird. Um, he says that he knows that uh, Wardlow's an acid, but he's also an asshole. And then they, and he announces that he already arranged for next week to have Hager versus Wardlow. So this inner circle, inner mingling shit doesn't stop. The acclaimed have a rap video on the Young Bucks. Is it good enough to play? Is there anything good about it? Do it looked like something I'd see on YouTube. So, I mean... Eh, I wouldn't. No? Okay, good, because they don't like what we do anyway. Alright. Uh, <laughs> Sting Sting shows up. I guess he can only show up with Tony Schiavone right now. That's his Peter Parker. <laughs> that's his Peter Parker, right? <laughs> you know, that's his April O'Neil. Better example. You know, that's essentially it. So Sting can only show up with uh with good old Tony. Let me see if I can bring that up here. Because I know that... Worthy of interviewing him. Yeah, where, where exactly was that in the show? Oh my god, that that definitely happened right after, I believe, uh, the title match, the tag title match. Right. It might have been yeah. the next thing after. Yeah. Sting does a fantastic Dusty Rhodes impression. That's the best one it. I've ever heard from somebody not related to Dusty. Dusty, 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 
God rest his soul, Dusty, that's a Dusty chant, that's right. And because of Dusty, and the conversation that we had when we were watching that match, he looked at me and he said, Thing a baby. We're going to put some color on your face. We're going to put some color on your eyes. You think you're talking to them? Color on your boots. I want you to glow in the dark, baby. And then I'm going to put you with a nature boy, Ric Flair. And we're going to get funky like a monkey, if you will. Yeah. And I'll never forget when Dusty told me those words because it wasn't too long after that that I was indeed wrestling one of the greatest of all time, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, in main event matches. So you fast forward all these years later, and when I see Cody in the ring, Dusty's offspring, I don't know, I can't describe it. I just, I guess I, I couldn't stay away. I had to be a part of AEW and what Cody was doing right here, leading the charge. I want to be a part of it. Thank you, and it's good to be home. And regarding Darby. All right, so so let's let's stop let's stop all of this. Even though it's very very emotional, it's very very. You got the point. They're doing the whole Darby thing. Anything else you wanted to talk about that segment? Like I said, I'm just climbing uh, bullet The only thing here. was, the only thing was Team Taz uh, did start to come down, but the lights went out. Darby pops up in the ring, and we get a little bit of a kind of teasing to a possible Darby and Sting face off. Yeah, Batman and Robin. They, they they keep acknowledging some kind of a connection with those two. So mm-hmm. MJF reaches out to Santana because he just lost his grandfather and he can connect to him who came back from losing his, right? Or from losing his relative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Jurassic Express against 10 and uh, I don't know what the fucking numbers are. The Dark Order guys. Yeah, it was uh, 5 and 10. Yeah, 5 and five and 10. Uh thoughts yeah i mean i love the finish the assisted powerbomb from luchasaurus and jungle boy so. mm-hmm. they haven't been on tv for a while so i'll give them that yeah yeah they, they, they've been when we when they have been around they've been on dark so i mean no harm and no harm and no foul and then winning this one yeah I guess get them our, back rolling again so yeah against it's not super detailed but it's late it's a long show and uh, we had to focus on the really important things which we already did so i'm just trying to cover the weeklies now uh omega announces the new year smash versus phoenix for the title yeah, that's uh, gonna be a bang or a rematch from uh AAA Mega Championship matches. Yeah. We get more antics with the best friends. What the hell was going on here? This oh god, this was holy shit. I don't I barely this happened so fast I almost didn't even remember it. Holy shit. Let me see if I can find that. The best friends did something here. See, that's how that's how crazy it is. It's a blur. I mean it's almost five in the morning. But yeah. yeah. What was the best friends uh thing here? Do you remember? Babe, what was the best I, friends? What did the best friends do on AEW this week? Oh, God. Nobody. It was so random out of place that I guess what nobody remembers. Like, you guys got to be kidding me, man. You know what it is? Because there was so much more important shit that actually happened on this one. They got thrown in the back of an ambulance. Yeah, I don't that remember. Maybe I tuned out for that part. Yeah, that must have been what it was. But, oh, God. Yeah, they got thrown in the back. Like, why did they get thrown in the back of an ambulance? I have no idea. Uh, let's see what else we had. Ooh, we also had uh, the Pac versus Butcher match, which I didn't realize Butcher was so fucking big, but... 
Yeah, that goes on too long, man. Butcher's getting like a lot of matches that I don't really even need to see all that shit right now. Yeah. What did you think of um? Because they had we had Hakaru Shida versus Alex Garcia. They had more of a the interaction between her and Abaddon. I like <laughs> I like the fact that Abaddon played dead, and she did like the fucking poke him see if she did like the poke him see if she's dead bit. And then she just rolls from the fucking shadows. Like, she has a look to where I feel like she could pull that shit off really good. Yeah. And it scares like, because she's like, she's fucking, like, shoot scary. So. Yeah, she doesn't have a freaky look to her. Is this the thing here with, with Mira on them? This is what pertains to the best friends? So let's have a look. Here. Beach wedding baby. I'll be there, the best man, Miro, in the house. So what happens here? Well, there you are, ladies and gentlemen, the big day. This- oh, there we go. Okay, yeah, so they... they when they me and my beautiful bride-to-be are going to get married. Miro, are you ready for this? Here we go. Here we... Well, there has been no shortage of hostilities... Between the best friends, Orange Cassidy, Kip, and Miro. Kip and Miro ready for a fight. <laughs> oh, yeah, we yeah, yeah, right, right. We got all of it. Hey, Miro. Hey. Show them what really happened. Let's see what really happened. That's right, Trent's injured. Right, right. Yeah, I believe it's a torn bicep, right? Yeah. This is how they roll it out. That's right, Trent has an actual torn bicep. He's going to be gone for a while. I knew this. Why did I even forget that this happened? So now you know what happened there. Yeah, so get well soon, Trent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evil Uno versus good old Seven. Good versus evil, huh? <laughs> I still love that they can't with that whole thing. Uno gets his ass kicked, and he's like, you see? You see how cool we are? Join us. Which, of course, Dustin isn't buying. Smacked the shit out of him, too. Huh? Yeah, it's weird when that's your argument, you know? You know, look at how badly you kicked my ass. That's why you should join us. We need ass kick a potential like that. Mm-hmm. I do like the fact that, like, uh, in the pre-match, promo that he got cut he dustin was like seven suck then and it sucked now <laughs> yeah right i love that they called back like that that is awesome so sean spears who's being underutilized in yet another company has a bit of a work shoot promo where he talks about it which i'm like good that means they're giving him something because he's been really too ignored and that pisses me yeah. off but yeah they're okay, back here with sean spears sean i'm not so sure why you wanted me to talk with you but the floor is yours Why'd you leave the industry for 15 plus years, Shivani? I was burnt out. I was. Uh, You're exactly the guy I want sitting here for this. Okay. I bet on myself. I left New York. The grass isn't always greener. You can change the three letters, but you can't change the glass ceiling, at least not for me. This, never needed that. I am more talented than 95% of this roster and any other roster on this planet today. I look better, I work better, and I damn sure talk better. So I don't know why everybody's trying to work me into this thought that I'm not. 
I'm a very confident individual. If there is any shred of doubt, it's in management. Because if you can't find five minutes a week for a guy that's got 19 years under his belt, for a guy that checks every single damn box across the board on what's required to be a television star nowadays, then yeah, there's a problem. My confidence is fully intact, despite walking into AEW hot as hell, by the way, only to find myself digging out of a hole for 18 months that Tony Khan and his favorite EVP, Cody, pushed me into. Now, I understand how this business works. I do, but damn the politics, man. Okay, I never believed in sucking up while pissing down, okay? I always believed that if I was a good guy and I did good business and I was professional, that eventually someone would go around the room and they'd go, you know what? Give Sean a chance. All that's gotten me is the title good hand, locker room leader, ring general, jobber. It's gotten me nothing. Sure, it'll keep me around, but I'll never win the big one. I see myself going down the same path that I went down before. I recognize it. I see it clear as day, and I'll be damned if I'm going to let it happen again. It's not going to happen. I don't want to interrupt you here, but did you ever think for a moment that the problem with all this is you? You're the common denominator. Do you ever maybe think about that? Yeah. I have thought about that, actually, a lot. And now that you bring it up, Tony, not for a goddamn second have I ever thought that the problem was me. You're a real piece of shit for saying that. Right? Who the hell do you think you are? Man, I can work anywhere in the world with the talent that I have, and I waste my time with guys like you. You tell Tony and all the executive vice pricks that I'll come back if I feel like it. God damn it. Ouch. Tell them how you really feel. You could change the three letters, but you can't change the glass ceiling. That's powerful stuff, as I sit here and pour the rest of my bang <laughs> for this late night review. Walks out on his own interview, and then they removed him from the AEW roster. They're really taking this shit seriously, huh? I love how this company, on one hand, will have, like, a show where they're all buddies together, and they all hold hands and go to barbecues, and they're all friends and tweeting each other and roommates and living in each other's houses. But we'll go as far in an angle of this guy walks off of an interview, so they remove him from the roster. Don't want to break kayfabe. Fuck you, we going all the way. Oh, kayfabe's been dead for years. (laughs) Whatever, whatever. So, uh, yeah, like you brought up, uh, that match that you jumped ahead to a little bit with, uh, Kawashita's fighting, what's her name? Alex? Yeah, Alex, uh, Alex Gracia? Right. That was really interesting and not so much because of the match. Let me see if I could bring this up here. Let me see if you catch this the way that I catch this. God willing, you can. Oh, God, I'm curious now. Listen to JR discussing her backstory. Oh, no. Absolutely. That one was on target, guys. Alex has got a great story. She, her father's her motivator. Great story here at the holidays. Uh, he's suffering from cancer and diabetes. He is his girl's inspiration. I think that's a beautiful story. I agree. Did you hear that? I just found it <laughs> so awkward. It was like, this girl, Alex, has a beautiful story. Beautiful story. Her father has diabetes and cancer. Beautiful story. You know, it was like, this, <laughs> it's, it's a greatest motivator. Beautiful story. I heard story. it in my head. I was like, no, you meant something different. What the fuck? Like, I thought there would be more to the beautiful story, you know? Like, listen, listen one more time. Okay. Like, I can't even believe that that was the beautiful story. When I heard it, I legit did this. Like, I shoot, rewind it. Like, what? Did I miss the beautiful story part? What is the number of this? Yeah, right. Listen to this shit one more time. Absolutely. That one was on target, guys. 
Alex has got a great story. She, her father's her motivator. Great story here at the holidays. Uh, he's suffering from cancer and diabetes. He is his girl's inspiration. I think that's a beautiful story. I agree. <laughs> you know how many people have elderly relatives that are suffering from cancer and diabetes? And I would be that sounds like a beautiful story to them. Nope. That's not a motivator either. And even if that is a motivator, it's nothing beautiful. It's a, it's a tragic story. It's a sympathetic story. I just wouldn't have called it a beautiful story is what I'm ribbing at here. Like, really beautiful? I don't know. Oh, That's God. not the poor choice of words. Poor choice of words. You brought up the Abaddon thing. And I have to give you credit, Destin, for doing JR's job better than he did. And you know I love Jim Ross. But sometimes. Damn, Jim. Dude. Okay. <laughs> Abaddon bites her neck. Watch this. Abaddon bites her neck, right? They do the gimmick where she pulls out blood. Totally bizarre. Totally out of control. This woman, Abaddon, is dangerous. She's out of her mind, and we need some first aid right now. For Ricardo Shida. Ladies and gentlemen, the World Tag Team Championship will soon be decided in our main event. Don't go away. He's still there neck bleeding. This fucker goes in the World Tag Team Championship. <laughs> her fucking neck. She's still, the blood's still spewing out of her fucking neck. She's sliding to the ground. <laughs> Tony Schiavone's like, we got to get medical out here. Well, coming up next, folks, the World Tag Team title. <laughs> Dude. Let her get the camera didn't even the fucking shot of her the isn't even off. On her. Holy shit. That's why those monitors are there for a reason. Yo, he's so desensitized. Oh my god. He just moved on like this girl's like, oh, Abaddon. Oh, what is what's going on here? This is trying to choke her out. Why does she bite Somebody get this woman out of here! If you saw some shit she like that, taking a chunk of flesh. totally bizarre, totally out of control. This woman, Abaddon, is dangerous. And then look at the fucking terrifying shot She's they get of her at the very right end of this. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the World Tag Team Championship will soon be decided you in our main event. Don't go. What the fuck, JR? That looks like that's that last shot of Abaddon looks like the shit you see on a cover of a Resident Evil game. This woman just got a piece of her flesh taken out of her, right? And this motherfucker's spoiler talking about alert the match on the cover. Spoiler alert. Tonight Randy Orton fucking boot big booted rambling fucking rabbit. And the announcers were like, ladies and gentlemen, folks, we don't know what we just saw. For rambling rabbit. And here comes fucking JR, the world tag teacher. What? He no, he 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 big booted one of the motherfuckers and he spiked the other one, ripped the head off of one of them. And when they cut back commentary commentary was in mourning. If there were candles out there, they would have lit them for the puppets. They were talking in that low tone. But fucking JR sees a whole person get their neck bit and doesn't say shit. They mourn the fucking puppets better on Raw. JR was like, all right, coming up next, folks. She's still bleeding. Look at her. Holy shit. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things that happened this week, man. 
That motherfucker couldn't wait. He's just trying to get home. My back is getting weary. My eyes are getting tough. Don't have to call any more of this fucking stuff. Because <laughs> he was really, he was out of there, man. He was ready for the next segment before they were. That's worse than when Charlotte fucking won the title and like they just had John Cena run past her. Like that, 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 that. Oh my God. Terrible, terrible. Jim Ross no selling that injury. Anyway, Bucks have a match against Acclaim, which of course the Bucks go over and we don't have to hear any of their raps on this show. Is that the end of that? Yep, that was it. BTE trigger for the win. BTE trigger for the win. NXT. Tony Lorcan and Danny Burch have a match against Drake Maverick and Killian Dane for the tag titles. Street fight. Good old street fight. Those are really popular in WWE at this point, right? Yeah, especially with the tags and everything, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, street fight where you tag back and forth. Doesn't make any sense. I don't oh, know why none fuck. of the street fights are actually street fights. But there was a miserable table spot. It was a oh, miserable. Like poor Dane. Mm-hmm. Dane look at this, look at this miserable table spot here. First of all, the table's already broken. You can and see the part sawed out. You can see the table's clearly sawed apart. And poor Dane still sold. Poor Dane still sold. But then, just in case you're not disappointed enough, we get another shitty bump with him. We get an I am the table bump. This time, they don't cut the table. Boop, table doesn't break. Whoops. Bouncing off both tables. Bouncing off the table. I am the table. This man, this man is not having a good day with tables. A big guy like that can't break a fucking table. They had one sword for him already, and that bump looked like shit. And then he just glides over these two. I don't know what's going on, man. You better start breaking some tables. Eat some fucking Chef Boyardee before you go out there. I don't know. But I never seen nothing like this before. You kind of took me out of the match. The whole point of this is the table bumps. That's like the big spot, and all of them sucked. This motherfucker said, Chef Boyardee, I'm so done with you. <laughs> I was like, what's I going on, man? Fuck off this show. Can't like, fucking believe he slid off that table after the other ones didn't break. Like, the whole thing, all the table bumps went wrong, man. Oh, my God. But yeah, uh, Lorcan and Birch go over with the Impact DDT. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it like a cricket back to the liver first? Yeah, <laughs> they, they hit cricket bats. They hit poor Drake Maverick in the liver with a cricket bat. God. Oh, oh God. man. Tables and, just weren't cooperating tonight, man. Or that night. My fucking favorite thing. What's that? The, whole, the fucking Gargano Christmas for the for for the people who brought you Elf on the shelf. Gargano on a piano, but uh, <laughs> the Gargano awkward as hell Christmas. They, they're they're just as weird. As I was worried that they were going to be. But you know what the whole, what, 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 like the, the, the freaking piece of resistance? You know She's what? no longer in the Hartwell. Wait, we're going we're gonna to get to that in a little bit. First, I want to get oh. to, look at, look at what they get him. Jose. No, no, no. What? You don't say that name in this house. No, he, he had no way. It, it was in his name. Where'd that get him? No, put that cookie down. Put that cookie down. I like how they treat him. Put that okay. cookie down. You know, Put that cookie it's, down. It's, it's fine. Yeah, just take the cookies away. It's, just take them. Just, he's fine. It's your turn to open a present. Oh. Yeah, great, right? This one's mine. This is the greatest troll so ever. What was your name on it, man? Yeah? <laughs> don't, don't shake it. Oh, don't do that. I love what this is. They gave him protein powder. Gargano Way. W-H-E-Y. Get it? Gargano Way. Not just any protein powder. It's the Gargano Way protein powder. 
Holy sh! <laughs> my own personal mix. Whipped it up myself. That means I can be big and strong like you. You'll be Austin Takeover in no time. Austin like, Takeover. Dynamic and deadly in the ring like you. Oh my god. It was painfully awkward, but it was so fucking funny. Mm hmm. It totally was. And it just got worse. That's the bad part. Like, yeah, it did get worse. It comes later on. I got to find the spot later on when they come back to it because they don't do it all at once. You get more Gargano Christmas later in the show because why not stretch it out, right? Right. I have no idea where it is, though. I should have timestamped some of these things with their long ass show. Acting like motherfuckers got all day long. Yeah, pretty much. But we'll get back to that. Uh, so Swerve Scott cheats going over Jake Atlas. I guess he's a full-fledged heel right now. What do you think of his underwhelming babyface run leading into his terrible? Uh, uh, I, I like different. If, if this heel turns actually going towards him actually accomplishing something, I'll just act like it never happened. Yeah, but it's weird how it's like they barely even gave like the babyface stuff that he was doing a chance. Like his music and everything had already started to change. And I don't know. It changed like three times. And I said that I liked him too, you know. He wasn't in the Indies. He was uh, Shane Swerve Strickland, I think, was it? Yes, uh, Shane Strickland. Yeah, and like he he was already established there. Now he came here and he and made even pretty... even outside of there, he was kill shot and lucha underground. He was a he was one of the big names there. So it's like, eh. yeah, I don't know where the hell the other half of the Gargano thing took place in NXT. I don't remember the timestamp of it offhand. Oh wait, wait, we did find it. This is where uh, Shotzi's tank. He gives a piece of Shotzi's oh, tank. General. Our general. Because she's the ring general. That's what he gets Candace. But I want to get to what he got uh, in the... Were there three segments of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's going to kill me with this shit. They made, us, they, they made us endure this one. Okay, here we go. Oh, Lord. They should have ended on this one. Indy. You're next. You're next. It's right there. It's right there. I love the reaction of this. What? A PS5? No way. I can't wait to play this. A whole day. Oh. Pretty light. Stop getting your stuff in there. There's nothing in here. Well, the PS5 is mine. I gave you the box for dramatic effect because the gift I'm about to give you is way better than a PS5. How? You've proven yourself loyal and worthy. You should take on the family nickname. The family nickname? Yep. I christen you Indie Wrestling. Yay! <laughs> We support you. We support indie wrestling. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> they did what <laughs> like. Oh my god, this is That's hilarious. We support indie wrestling. Oh man. Re Ripley against Dakota Kai with Ripley going over. Because nobody's buying Kai winning that shit. And then we had, uh, which I don't want to get too much into, but once again, we had another Rhea Ripley, Raquel Gonzalez pull apart. One of the All the King's horses, All the King's men, once again. 
Uh, Io Shirai winds up getting attacked by Mercedes Martinez. I guess that's going to yep, be her next feud, right? she is back in NXT getting that retribution stink off her. Yeah, but I mean, she was hard. I even forgot. It's been so, if you wouldn't have mentioned, I, I already even forgot about that. That's how short her stint was in there. She was barely there before they were even a thing, you know? Yeah. I can't beat her. Earlier tonight, and oh, I might not have to wait for Tony Stark. Oh. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's Mercedes Martinez. What's she? Mercedes Martinez. Oh! Martinez attacking the women's champion. Oh! Mm, nice bump. What's on earth? Again! Come on! Yeah! No! I mean, Mercedes Martinez and now Shirai starting to fight back. Shirai thought she was going to see Tony Storm. Certainly did not think she would see a return. That was Martinez that tonight. We haven't seen Martinez in months. She's decimated Jawok. Oh, man. That was creative. He broke the front of the plantation. Welcome back, Mercedes Martinez. Yep. Be interesting to see what they're doing there. They definitely kept her looking strong, right? Like a beast. Yeah. What do you think? There's going to be a good feud? Yeah, it definitely, it definitely has the potential. Awesome. We're sharing that to you guys on social media. Don't worry, guys. We're at the final stretch here. We are almost done. Last time of the year, you got to put up with this shit. Leon Ruff goes over Timothy Thatcher. What after yeah, Thatcher? Thatcher so, uh, mm-hmm. He was so focused on trying to get Chomper to fight him again. Rush. Well, I mean, um, yeah, Ruff wound up catching him. <laughs> yep. And, uh, he gets salty and he tries to ambush him afterwards, but then Champa winds up having to take him out and he basically tells him that he's going to see him in the fight pit, whatever the hell that is. That is the same structure that he and that Sean, that um, Thatcher and Riddle fought in. Well, hopefully there's no tagging in there. I would hope not. Me too. Tyler Russ used to have a different name, right? I want to say he did, but I can't even remember what it was. Tyler Russ versus poor already in the ring Aria Davari. Yeah, they had to borrow him from 205 Live. That being said, the match was very good. I do like that this was the technical kind of match I look for with the different transitions and stuff, and it made Tyler Russ look excellent. Uh, Velveteen Dream versus Adam Cole. Uh, Strong and Dunn, of course, are out there. They get involved with each other in the middle of this match. Uh, I believe Cole goes over, right? Yep. Cole goes over with a last shot. Last shot. What else we got? Uh, that was actually it for NXT. That was it, right? So yep, that was all for NXT. Okay. Keep in mind that... uh. There was a delay, okay? We talked about this last week. AEW Dynamite came on at 10 p.m. This wasn't the same as the regular Wednesday Night Wars because they had the game. So you actually had the option to be able to watch NXT and then once it's over, switch over to AEW. That being said, Dynamite did 775,000 viewers at 10 o'clock. NXT did 698,000 viewers at 8 o'clock. AEW not being there didn't help them at all. So there you have it. Even without AEW, there less people are like people won't prefer to watch NXT. They just won't watch anything. At least that's what that's why I see it. Yeah. They just buy. They just 
kept their time with something else until AEW came on. Yeah, maybe they just want to watch it on the network or don't care. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. But no one tuned in. At least no change. On uh, SmackDown, they had Reigns versus Owens in a steel cage match with the finish being Jay handcuffing Owens to the cage and Roman basically waltzing off. Yeah, I love how slow he did it, too. I expected mm-hmm. him to come back when I only called him a bitch, but he was like, nah, nah. Yeah. We had a women's three-way tag title match. It was uh, Bianca Belair was, and Sasha yeah. Banks against Bailey and Carmella against Charlotte and Asuka. I don't know who booked the way this started out, but Charlotte and Oscar were the only ones who actually came out together as a team because in order it was Bailey, then it was Sasha, then it was Car- then it was Bianca, then it was Carmella. Like, wait a minute, what? It was very obvious. This was a very good SmackDown, but it was very obvious that this was a very disorganized SmackDown. They had to do editing to make the SmackDown look good. Let me show you some of the stuff that was edited out of SmackDown. Take this moment, for example. This is how it looked to live people when Sasha came out. Whoops. Butterfinger. Is it slippy? Whoops. That's from the Thunderdome cam. Because that's right. When you're watching from the Thunderdome, you're getting a live experience. This is what they saw on the Thunderdome. Boop. Yeah. There was another weird Sasha botch that happened, wasn't there? Um, that's the one that the, that one we just thought was the main one I heard about. I I saw something else. I don't even remember what it was. That's how late it was, but I marked it already. Let me see if I could find what the other Sasha botch was. When I get to it, I'm sure I'll, I'll remember. Sasha just took out Reginald here on the outside. Oh yeah, I remember as soon as I saw Reginald almost Reginald almost fucking had a bad moment with Sasha on the outside. You guys didn't catch that. Wow. Man, how's the guy doing all the production work catching all these fucking details? None of you saw this? You know what it was? When I saw it, I guess, I don't know, it happened so fast, I almost didn't think anything of it. Okay, well, you didn't think anything of this, so let's have a look here at what happens here. So Sasha's on the ropes, right? Look at how dangerous this shit is. Hip attack. She's supposed to fall, get caught by Reginald. Whoa! Look at that shit. Be injured already. Let me show you guys one more time so you can take a look at how that looks. Put Bianca away here, and now it's Sasha Banks. Meteora connects right to the face of Charlotte. She goes to the outside there, which is kind of bad that she went to outside the apron for no reason. Or I guess to try to get the tag. But look at how bad this almost was. She hits the bump here, boom. Oh. Sasha just took out Reginald here on the outside. Yeah, Reginald yeah. should have been a little further back, and that might have been okay, but that poor baby almost got dumped on the side of her head. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, crazy, crazy. But yeah, that to me, that's another dangerous thing that I saw during this. Uh, the other thing I did like the, the Street Profits, the joke that they had with, with uh, freaking Sammy Zane over here. Oh, I was the Intercontinental Champion. I thought that was no, funny. Sammy. I laughed. <laughs> so the Uso, Jay Uso, ambushes Daniel Bryan before the match even gets to start. Haven't people learned to keep an eye on this guy? He's very sneaky now. All right, this motherfucker don't wait for entrances. Yeah. Now the experience that you got on SmackDown is definitely once again a ex- different experience from the Thunderdome because they got a Daniel Bryan Jay Uso match that was a completely different match from ours. Why? Because according to Fightful Select, they reshot the match. And Brad, Daniel Bryan was told to go out there and sell Jey Uso's attack more this time. Thunderdome crowd was then put on a commercial break for several minutes 
while they reshot it. So when you saw it on SmackDown, you had Daniel Bryan selling the attack more than the first time they did it. So you got the Sasha thing that went wrong with the belt dropping on the floor, then almost Reginald almost killing her. You got the a whole match that had to be redone because it wasn't up to the satisfaction. That being said, I'm going to once again say this was a very good SmackDown, but clearly there was a lot of micromanagement here. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Big E goes over Sami Zayn for the IC Championship. Is this his first singles yep. title? This is his second, actually. Big E was, is a former Intercontinental Champion already. Oh, right, right. Okay. I wasn't sure if I, if, if it was. Aside from NXT title, of course. So, uh, this is and then Big this was a Lumberjack match as well, so. Yeah, and of course, all the Lumberjacks did the things that Lumberjacks do here. But this was Big E after the win. Big E, congratulations. Thank it you. has been a long journey. It's Christmas Day, and you are Intercontinental Champion. How are you feeling? I feel great. You didn't ask me why I was wearing this hard uh, hat. Oh, this. And why are you wearing that hard hat? Because I went to work out there, Elise. I went to work on the boy, Sami Zayn. And I did what I had to do. To become your intercontinental champion for the second time. Don't forget about 2013. I was doing my thing back there, too. But I went to work on that boy's behind. I sat, I opened up his cheeks and I, I said, I'm doing construction here. I'm doing construction here. This is a, a construction site. And I took the yellow tape and I taped it around the boy's behind. And I said, I'm doing work here. This is where we got to renovate the boy's behind. We got to renovate his cheeks because I'm doing work here. Put out the caution tape. Put out the orange cones. Everyone back away for 50 yards because I'm doing construction here on Sammy Zane's behind. Time to go to work on the boy's butt. Thank you. And I did just that. I built a condo on his behind. I built a, a row of houses. I put a, a, a pool, a community pool. I made sure there was an area for picnics. I, I put a whole development, a housing development on that boy's behind. I got some sky rises next. I'm going to make some sky rises, a whole downtown area. I'm going to construct a whole downtown, a whole civic center. You need a place for people to uh, get together for business meetings and whatnot. Maybe a little airport to make it convenient so they can fly in and out. But I'm, I've got a lot of work to do on his behind. So I want you to, to know a lot of renovation, a lot of building uh, communities, community centers, uh, and high rises on his, on his behind. Thank you. And Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you. And all the future inhabitants of the Sami Zayn butt condos and housing developments. The Thank butt you. condos. Wow. If you can only figure it out, he won the match. Yeah, we said that. <laughs> we said he won the Intercontinental title. <laughs> what the fuck? Good for him. Yo, that was the most uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, God. I'm mad that's the caption, too. That's so upsetting. Mm-hmm. Oh. And on Talking Smack, apparently there was a tease that had everybody excited. So I'll play it here real quick. Don't worry, we're almost done, guys. Longest episode ever. I'll tell you this. I'm a better fighter than Roman Reigns. And I sure as hell am a better wrestler than Roman Reigns. And if I win the Royal Rumble and face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, and he's still the champion, I will beat him for that championship. 
Here's another thing. If he's not champion, somewhere down the line, I'm going to beat him anyways. Uh-oh. Oh snap. I want to see it. Could you imagine the pop if Daniel Bryan wins the Royal Rumble? Because people have only been wanting that forever. Especially since they already laid the groundwork, thanks to Jey Uso. Right? Pull the trigger. Do it. Just do it. It's one of the few things he hasn't done yet. It is. It totally is. In fact, actually, I think it's only two things that he's never done. And he could literally knock both of them out in the same shot. And that's win the Rumble and be Universal Champion. SmackDown did 3.335 million viewers up from the Fox Sports 1 edition of 1.30 million viewers, which was still significantly high for the brand of Fox Sports. So, they're on top. I thought it was an excellent episode. SmackDown, to me, has always really had quality and it still seems to be the better of the two shows uh, for the kind of stuff that I look for. Last week's Raw brought in 1.691 million viewers. Too early to tell from this week's. We'll cover that next week, of course. They were up, though, from the shit week that they had before, which was really terrible. Uh, this had Sheamus and Drew McIntyre with a promo in the ring that included Keith Lee. And then Sheamus, Drew McIntyre basically uh, opts to make it a match. Sheamus makes a great point in saying who the hell is Keith Lee think he is because he really doesn't know them well enough to get involved in a long-time friendship like that. Your mother! Your mother gave me your sword! And it went from that to some guy who you barely know who fucking, you know, just accused him. It's strange there wouldn't be a riff like that there. But Mac arranges a match between the two before the match eventually starts. Sheamus winds up nailing Keith Lee with two rapid bro kicks in a row, dropping him down to one knee, cut to commercial, coming back to our fatigued Keith Lee versus Sheamus. Sheamus had some interesting offense here. He did the tightrope walk um, to come down with a double axe handle to the outside by the commentary table. Big guy like that doing that very interesting. Finish being Keith Lee's spirit bomb. Uh, and now he will have to fight Drew McIntyre next week for the championship. The opening of Raw. The Raw Legends edition, correct? That is correct. That is correct. What else? What else? Dana Brooke versus Shayna Baszler with Dana's... Uh, by the way, her spinning um, neck breaker looking suspiciously like natural selection. Finish to this though being Dana, uh, with knee strikes, gets hit with knee strike into the Kirifuder clutch via Shayna. Alexa Playground. What was that? I was saying, yeah, that baby got choked out. Yeah, sure as hell did. Alexa Playground, Orton shows up at the funhouse and, and, and that's like I said, he kiss, he kicks fucking Huskus the pig, he throws the other guy, uh, Rambling Rabbit. Mercy, throws fucking Mercy the buzzer through the fruit Abigail's freaking thing. He just. Yeah, and this upsets Alexa who, then basically stops him and calls him out to the ring. Uh, they show a thing of Nia taking out Charlotte six months ago. I barely even remember that. That happened? Yeah, that was how they wrote Charlotte off. I barely remember how they wrote her off. They didn't put too much emphasis to it after it happened, but okay. Yeah, I'm glad that they're... Yeah, that was, they're right, that was right after her match against Oscar when Oscar finally beat her. Yeah. AD Styles has a match against Elias. I'm assuming Elias is now a babyface with Riker? I'm guessing so. I, I don't even know what they're doing with him anymore some days. Yeah, difficult to tell. Uh... They had that match with all of the uh, freaking Retribution guys and Ricochet and all of them were on the other time. Well, Ricochet was fighting T-Bar. Dude, Ricochet hit T-Bar with an apron DDT where he essentially misses the apron and it kind of just flipped to the outside. Yeah, it was uh, the- Ricochet and, and Mustafa Ali. That's what yeah. But yeah, like that scared the hell out of me. I kept, I kept looking for him the rest of the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff winds up tapping out to Bobby Lashley. Again. Uh, Miz gets his money in the bank contract back because like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, they did let a stake hand and the fact that it was a 
Morrison, they cashed it in not miss. He returns it, so he has another shot with it. Uh, what else do we have? We had uh, we did have the tag team match with uh, Shayna Baszler and, and Nia Jax, right? Well, no, this was uh, or actually with singles. Versus, it was yeah, singles. It was Charlotte versus, versus uh, Charlotte. Nia with Charlotte and uh, Kiri Fruta lock on Charlotte for the win. It was fit. It was uh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was actually yeah. Nia Shayna got Nia DQ'd because she just jumped in in the middle of the figure eight and then put her in the choke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Kiri Fruta clutch clutches her out what else anything else relevant here um the only the last thing is like the dramatic uh between bliss and orton because she calls orton back out they had a big giant match before that though right it was like a that big workhorse match that they had with everybody in it god you know like the last match wasn't it like freaking new day uh, oh yeah yeah they, they had new day and the hardy bros versus uh yeah we just talked about a new day and the hardy bros versus hurt business where uh jeff got tapped again to the hurt lock right right so that that led into the the final thing, which was Alexa Bliss wanting her to be set on fire by Randy Orton, and her covering herself in gasoline and urging him to do to her what he did to Bray, and basically calling him a bitch for not wanting to do it, and Orton saying that he wants to do it because he enjoys doing things like this, but he doesn't want her to want him to do it, so he won't do it. And then he changes his mind, and even though they cut the cameras before it actually happened, he did. Yeah, but I wanted the cameras to go out and then there'd be like the ignition of fire yeah and you should maybe like light up the dummy something like that like it's just... like are we supposed to believe he did it just by the lights going out if he did it then it wouldn't be dark she'd be on fire right like give me something i know they didn't give us anything couldn't think of a better way for her to go off the air just black blackness <laughs> that's it that's it oh my god don't say we never gave you anything you know because i damn sure gave myself a headache so we definitely must have given you guys something right Ooh, this has been one hell of a year here. I will say that. Man, who are you telling? Yeah, a lot of a lot of ups, lots of downs. You guys have been here for the entire thing. I mean, man, this is a something else. Just try to hang in there, and let's see what the hell. If you made it this far, no matter how much further you do or don't make it, you you're already on the leaderboards. So you could look at your life like that. I don't know if that's much of a consolation, but I don't want to give you much more because I don't. I hate being wrong. <laughs> right. all right guys that being said thank you to everyone who has hung out with us for this new year's special final show of 2020 all of you who have been in the chat room including our lad msb88 willie v2 stasis dreams jackie pro george with a z king quest 770 Johnny Ortiz, thank you for the follow. Chaitana Chaitana, uh, Violet TV, Celine, Chime Chime, Abid, Ravens Ravens Raj Raven, OG Nice, Shakir, Andre New York City, Paul YM, Amadou, Ice Wizards, Bloodluster, Extra Extra More, and of course all of you that have been listening across all of our platforms of iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Twitch, Facebook, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, TalkBrunch.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 429, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, for myself and my co-host, Destin. Happy New Year. See you in 2021. We're out of here. See you next year.
Love you, Brody. Shut it down.